from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 198, Wish Book Christmas. I'm your host, Ryan. Hey, everybody! <laughs> it's a torpedo! <laughs> hey, guys, it's Robert Atkins. <laughs> Welcome back, Robert. Um, I know, it's been too long. It has been way too long, so uh, super excited to have you back, though. Um, so tonight, we were actually supposed to have a full ensemble for this episode. I know, and I was like... I was just as surprised as Ryan that I was the only one who didn't play out. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Well, I will tell you. So, uh, so just let everyone know, it was supposed to be John and Robert and myself, and then our buddy Travis, Uncle Teabag, was supposed to join us as well. <laughs> and uh, and I got a text from John saying, like, probably like half an hour ago or so, saying, I have to bail. We're expecting a massive snowstorm down here, like seven inches overnight. And it's like Jeez. early December that we're recording this. Yeah. Um, and I'm up in Ohio and I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're good. It's cold, but it's nothing like that up here. So. No. So he's like, I got a bail. It's it's really bad storm here and everything. Yeah. Else. And then uh, Uncle T Bay said that he his his wife was having some friends over, but she said that they should be gone by then, and that uh, she could take over the babysitting and he he can go record. And then he texted me like five minutes before we were supposed to start. And he's like, they're still here and they're drunk and I'm not going to be getting out. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you were first telling me, I was like, okay, John, like that, that's a legitimate excuse. I right. mean, power could go out. You gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you have everything. It's kind right. of emergency buckle down. Right. Right. And then when you were telling me about Travis's situation, I, I think I misunderstood when you first were telling me, he was like, uh, yeah, we were going to record, but we were babysitting and then we all got drunk. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, that would have been a very different situation. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, oh, no, no, no. 
her, her, his wife was having the friends over. Right. He was babysitting, and now they're drunk. Okay, right, like, right. That's a much better scenario, <laughs> and he also gets a pass. But if it was that first scenario, like we, we're gonna have to have a long, hard talk. The, with the that. only one that would have been worse would have been like uh, I was babysitting, <laughs> and now the babies are drunk. And- <laughs> we're all drunk. <laughs> Let's hop on a podcast, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, Come on. Let's talk about. Come on. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> you kids know the 80s, right? <laughs> That's what I call Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> nice 80s reference right there. I know. There we go. Way to kick it off. So, yeah. So then I was like, okay, two minutes till Robert's going to bail. I know he's gonna. it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. And yeah. I was like, but I was like, you know what? If they all bail on me, I'm still recording this episode. I don't care because <laughs> I've been used to doing these by myself. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was super excited when Robert texted me and says, Hey, I'm on Skype. I'm ready. Let's go. And, uh, and like I mentioned to Robert, it's just like old times when, you know, Chuck had, you know, go off on his own. And I was like, it was just Robert and I for a while. So yeah, I know for a long time I had to, I had to learn how to use Skype again. <laughs> it had been so long; it had gotten deleted off my phone, and I didn't have it had been updated since. So I didn't have anything. I didn't have a profile picture. I didn't have any of my contacts listed. I was like, I don't even know if if Ryan knows I'm here. Kind of right. Thing. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, Robert's uh, avatar image picture <laughs> is Mr. T, which is very 80s, <laughs> and it, it's got it's a meme that says. Got no time for no jibba-jabba. <laughs> so, I got time for that. So, um, so that was awesome, which is, Man. I told him is better, much better than his old picture, which was him looking into a camera doing his best blue steel impersonation. <laughs> uh, I think I just woke up. My hair was sticking straight up. I don't know. You I look don't... like you're giving the sexy look into it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. No, I don't know. I don't remember where that was from, but anyway. <laughs> um, uh, don't worry, I'll po- I'll post it for the picture. Great, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> that could that could be the thumbnail for the episode. <laughs> I have to just figure out how do I get it off of Skype. <laughs> yeah, um, I think everybody preferred Mr. T. I'm sure. I'm sure they would. Yes. Um. So yeah. Uh. So we're here doing the episode. Uh. Before we get into the actual wish book, but also want to let you guys know what we're actually doing, which I guess would be good. Is yep. uh, just in time for Christmas. So there, at the time of us recording this, there's going to be a couple episodes that come out, which uh, will be awesome. One is, uh, you guys have already heard it now, but there was a, uh, if you haven't, go back and listen to them, an interview with uh, Laura Siegel, which I was able to attend at the Cleveland Public Library, which was awesome. Um, and the other one, which should have come out just a few days before this one, um, was the Toys That Made Us documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's an eight episode documentary and I'm have, I had, I will have <laughs> right now, I will have the opportunity to interview the creator of that. So, uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Man, that's crazy. You're like official press. Now. I know they were like, well, now we can talk to the press. I'm like, I don't know if I'm press. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this little guy in his room. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you're interviewing the big wig director, that means you're pressed. That's right. Hey, it's going to do nothing but awesome things for the show. That's right. I'm so excited about that. And then what I'm going to do is once the documentary is out, I don't know if they're going to release like all eight at one time or what's going to happen, but uh, if they do come out with all eight at one time, I'm going to binge watch them and I'm going to do a video review of uh, the whole show as well. Oh, man. Yeah. I want to get in on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So... So I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, 
just so much happening in this month. Um, but uh, Robert and I are going to talk a little bit about, we're going to catch up on some movie stuff, uh, some news of things that have been going on. And then what we're going to do, this came from a friend of mine uh, at work, Chris, and he he's like, hey, you know, they have all of the old wish books online. And he's like, you, sh- you should totally do a show and like go back to the 80s wish books and like cover those. I was like, that's a great idea. And then we were doing so many other things. I was like, ooh, this would be great for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great idea. So real quick, go ahead and. Just describe. Or, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later, but just describe what a wish book is. When you first said it, I I wasn't familiar with that term, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, I remember these. Yes. So, so what wish yeah. book was? This is the one we're using is the J.C. Penney Christmas catalog. Um, yeah. So what it was was a massive catalog. I think Sears did one also. Right. Um, and there was a few other department stores that did it, um, but they. It was basically um, a giant catalog. I mean, like giant, like. Telephone. No, it was like it was like doorstopper books that you could yeah. kill a man with. Yes. Like it was it was not it was like, like telephone little, book size. Yeah. It wasn't like a mailer, you know, kind of thing. It was right. it was literally like you heard it plop on your front doorstep <laughs> and you're like the, uh, the wish the book is case, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so and what would happen is the if you were the kid in the house, you knew when that sucker arrived, you grabbed it immediately. Uh, from wherever it was and immediately went to the toy section. At least I did. Um, yeah. And, uh, now my friend Chris, he said he immediately went to the bra section. Oh, jeez. And then he went to the toy section. <laughs> was he a little older than you? Or? Uh, he's a few years older than me. Then. Okay. Uh, that like, makes perfect like sense. Two or yeah. three years older than me. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, it's a big difference if you're 10 years old picking up that catalog and if you're 13 years old yes, picking up that catalog. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's, he's also a little pervy, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad he'll, he'll be grateful that you said that. On he air. would that's totally great. agree with me on that. <laughs> he goes, that's me. They're calling me out. Yep. Oh yeah. He, that's exactly what he would say, actually. <laughs> He'd be like, cool. you didn't give him my last name. I want them to look me up. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he reminds me of our buddy Rock. Like, okay. Rock yeah. has no shame, which is just awesome. Like, he just, Rock loves life. Chris loves life. So, uh, it's, it's probably the best compliment I could give those guys. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so these wish books were there and you would just pour over, they had awesome pictures in there. Uh, they had like every picture had a letter to it that coincided with where it was and what the price the description, was. Description, yeah. yeah. Description, all that type of stuff. Well, there's a website out there, which you guys can follow along with us. Uh, it is called wishbookweb.com. Very easy. Um, and they have every catalog that JCPenney has done since JCPenney has been doing catalogs. <laughs> and it's like 1930s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I want to go back to some of those those catalogs and see what toys were out then. <laughs> I know, like, I'm curious, like, to look back at, like, when my parents were eight, nine, and ten years old, that kind of stuff, just to see what was, what they would get excited about. So, what I thought we would do is we'll, we'll cover 1980 for sure. There's a lot in 1980 uh, to talk about. And then we'll kind of see where we are from that point. I looked at uh, 1982. I didn't look at 1981 yet, but I looked at 1982. There wasn't really a whole lot in 1982 that I saw. Um, yeah. I took a sneak peek at 1983, and 1983 had a ton of stuff. 
Oh, I'm sure 83 is where it explodes. I mean, that's yeah. all G.I. Joe and, yeah. Right, exactly. So, um, so we'll look, we'll definitely get into 1980 and then we'll kind of see where we're at and, and maybe we'll jump into 81 or something like that. Or maybe we'll jump to 83. I don't know. Yeah, we, we can kind of gloss around. We'll take a look at it. Right, exactly. So, so it's, like I said, it's wishbookweb.com. So, uh, wishbook with, and then web.com. And, uh, there's, we'll tell you page numbers as we're going through and all that type of stuff. But first, uh, Robert, you've had some, some news, uh, recently. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to think I'm having a kid or something. No, I, uh, <laughs> number no, 18. We, I, I don't know. I only have two kids. Come on. I'm not my parents over here. Right. Um, no, we, uh, oh yeah. So me and my family are going to be moving to Savannah, Georgia from Springfield, Illinois. So, uh, man, it's a huge, huge move kind of, uh, what's going on is that I took a job as a professor at the Savannah College of Art and Design. So I'm going to be uh, teaching down there full time. And, uh, that's where I went to school for my graduate degree. So I got my master's, my, and my MFA from SCAD. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then, you know, I kind of just been doing freelance comics for the last, uh, 13 years, uh, pretty regular. And then, um, they've, they've asked me down a few times and it just wasn't quite either the right time for my family or my, my freelance stuff was, you know, busy enough that it, you know, it just, I was happy doing what I was doing here. You know, we're close to family in Illinois, all that stuff. Right. But, um, they kind of offered again. I was like, you know, I don't know how many times they're going to keep offering me this job that I keep saying no. Right. <laughs> when it's actually a really good job. And, uh, and I was like, it's kind of good timing for my kids, like before they get into high school. I mean, my, my son is just getting into middle school now. So it's like, if I wait too long, it's going to make this, this big of a move awkward. Really? You know, like my yeah. kid, my, my kids still like to spend time with me. And so I should make the move now instead of later when they're just teenagers and they're just going to resent me for it. Right. For the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, they have plenty of other reasons when they're teenagers to resent you. You don't need to add. Exactly. More to I don't it. need to add anything else. <laughs> so, but it's, it's kind of a, it's an interesting job opportunity because I'll be, yeah, I'll be teaching like technically full time. It's like full time salary and benefits and stuff, which is obviously helps because I've been freelancing, you know, for so long and yeah, yeah I pay my own benefits and it's, I'm self employed and it's, right. you know, I, I make as much as I draw and that's it, you know, right. so it's always been a matter of trying to juggle time management and, and taking on projects and, and whatever. But, um, what's cool is that, you know, I'll be getting, like I said, salary and benefits, but I only have to teach 30 weeks out of the year. So, um, they're, they're kind of a trimester system and then there's a summer quarter or whatever, you know, a summer, yeah. uh, a s- session that I could teach in, but it's not mandatory. So it kind of depends on my schedule if I want to or not, or if I want to take the summer off, I can. So that leaves me 22 weeks out of the year to do whatever I want. And, uh, um, I really don't like you or I need, I, this, <laughs> I need this gig. Can you like hook me up? <laughs> well, first you got, you got to draw. And you got to be able to teach other people how to do it's, it too. So those are the only major. But, but don't they say <laughs> like those that can't teach or something? So <laughs> I think it's, uh, those who, uh, those who can, uh, competently explain what they're doing <laughs> teach. <laughs> I'm very good at that. 
<laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you should. You should and you've fly. seen me. I can draw something. <laughs> you can. You can. A lot of people don't know this about Ryan, but he can draw. He's pretty yeah. good. I actually so, will tell you, like, okay. just a little quick sidebar with that. Uh, something I am doing, I will post it. Uh, you guys will already see it by the time this episode comes out. I will post it on the Star Joe's page. There's a comic, local comic shop here, uh, that I love. They're, they're so awesome. It's called Carol and John's Comic Shop. And they're the ones that do the big event every year for Free Comic Book Day. And, yeah. um, they're, they're just amazing. They're very involved in the community as well. well what they do at Christmas time, and I didn't know they did this. Uh, I just found out this year, but I guess this is their fifth year doing it. Um, which shows how much in touch I am. Uh, <laughs> but what they're doing is they give, um, what you can do is you can go into their shop. You can, uh, pick up a blank sketch cover for free. Uh, mm-hmm. you can pick one or two. Oh, wow. Uh, and they even have ones that are just like comics, but they're completely blank. So the front is completely right. blank and the pages inside are completely blank as well. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And then you can, draw uh, a cover based on the theme for that year. Um, what Past years, I guess they did Star Wars when The Force Awakens was first coming out. Uh, last year, uh, people were always saying, uh, I talked with John, the owner, and he said that last year, people were saying that 2016 was such a horrible year, so they were like, uh, the theme was worst year ever. And he says, unfortunately, <laughs> that turned a little political for some of the drawings that were done. Um, yeah. So this year, it, the idea was just comics and the holidays. So yeah. that's what the theme is. Well, you can draw whatever you want on the cover that fits that theme, and then they collect. Then you turn in the cover by the 14th. So I actually have to draw my stuff this weekend. Um, you got a deadline, man. I got a deadline, just like you do. <laughs> uh, so uh, I actually took two covers also, so I got to do both. I got to do two of these. Um, oh, man. I already have some ideas, though. Um, and I have to uh, draw the cover, draw something on the cover, and then you turn it on the 14th, and then on the 16th, they have a big art um, uh, party. And they put these comics into, like, raffle baskets and stuff like that. And it's a dollar per, per uh, raffle ticket or a food item. Uh, and the money and the food get donated to a uh, local food drive. And, oh, very cool. Which I think is awesome. It's a total charity thing. And yeah. they said, I think they said last year they were able to feed 1,500 families or something like wow, that. Wow, holy cow. Yeah, it was like big. It was really big. Um, and they, and they're, ha- like I said, they're actually going to have a party where there's going to be food and drinks and everything else and, and stuff. Um, and, <laughs> and they're even having like a 50% off any one item in the store coupon. So you get a coupon for that during the party where you can buy something at the store for 50% off its normal price. Um, well, I was going to say, if they're offering food and drinks, uh, I think I also heard that Travis is going to be there babysitting. <laughs> yes. So that's a, it's a way you can bring your kids and have fun. So right. That's, exactly. that's how they're advertising Especially it. getting the kids drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they, <laughs> but they, yeah. So I was like, this is, I've been looking for a reason to draw recently. And, uh, so this is a cool thing. So I'm, I'm drawing two different things uh, for it, uh, and I like the ideas I have for them. So uh, I will be posting them on the, the group page and everything else. Like I said, by the time you guys hear this, you'll have already seen them. So cool. So yeah. So and then and then see, then you can hook me up with a teaching job. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> you got to build that portfolio first, and then right. It's just about it's just a matter of who you know. Right. After that. Well, and I will say it's going to be very tough for me to think of you as Professor Robert Atkins. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <seriously. laughs> 
Well, I mean, so what I was going to say was that it, it does offer me more time. So it still, or it still offers me time to draw. So I'll be, I'll still be working on projects. I've got a few regular gigs lined up that are like, like monthly. I have to do one illustration per month for this, like, uh, for this role playing game podcast. And oh. then there's, um, you know, I, I am going to be working on a book, uh, throughout, but the, but the deadline's very lenient. So that helps. And cool. so, um, and I'm, I'm doing regular covers for various companies and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I'll still be drawing. I'll still be putting stuff out there. It'll help me with my, um, since I'm not dependent on deadline work, I'll be able to get back to my commissions and nice. get that schedule tightened up. So anyway, so I'm, so I'm excited about it. It'll take me, I'm sure a month or two just to get used to, you know, uh, actually getting dressed and not just wearing pajama pants all day. And <laughs> you have to look <laughs> respectable. <laughs> like actually shaving or, you know, interacting with other people in the office instead of just farting up my studio at home, you know, like, You've got to, you have to be around people. So I, I don't know if my well, social skills are up to par. But you we'll got to grow the goatee out and then the, the little <laughs> ponytail in the back. Yeah. I got, I'm going to work on a man bun for the next year. Right. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> then I'll really be a professional. Walk around with a coffee cup. I won't be, I don't drink coffee, but I'll just right. walk around with a coffee, coffee cup, cup everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And uh, a scarf. You need a scarf. Definitely. It'll be, it'll be swelteringly hot in Savannah with a scarf, but I'll do it for. Right. You need, to be a professor, you need the hipster look. That's what it it's is. required. So, yeah, and you'll pontificate weird philosophies every once in a while. So. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'll corrupt the young minds of this world. No, <laughs> no, that's uh, exciting. Yeah, so, yeah we're, we're we're pumped. It's you know we're nervous about the move, and obviously we we've got a lot of family that lives here, so you know it's it's a big change for us, but we're excited. Yeah. So. We'll and Robert has already promised me that anything that can't make the trip and falls off the truck comes my way. So <laughs> don't be so don't be asking for anything. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was clearing out my studio and it's it's bare in here now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. But uh I I remember you know like paper copy boxes, you know, you get at the office or whatever. Oh yeah. Um for your copy machine. I had filled up ten of those full wow. of trades. Wow. Ten ten of those boxes. And I hadn't even got to my bookshelves yet. Yeah. And I had five bookshelves in my studio, wow. <laughs> like full. And I was like, holy crap, like we're going to have to order another pod well, just I, for all my studio. Yeah, well, I told uh, I told my wife when uh, back when I lost my job uh, at the bank, uh, we were seriously considering moving at that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, uh, in fact, we one of the places we looked at was the Chicago area, so I would have actually been a lot closer to you. Oh, I know, yeah. And then, and then you would have left me. <laughs> Yep, I would have been like, hey, Ryan, I'm out. Um, but no, we were we were looking at stuff, and so when we were seriously considering moving, um, I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm going to need a U-Haul truck just for my geeky stuff. <laughs> like, maybe, oh my maybe two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can only imagine if, like, Chris Campbell or, or, oh, yeah. or Mike Myers moved. Like, I don't even know how they would, well, how they would do all that. And well, that reminds me too, because you have not had a chance to. Uh, and I know it's been a while, but we haven't had you on to talk since you've actually came to visit uh, my. Oh home. yeah! Oh my gosh! Yeah! <laughs> so that since. Oh my gosh! I haven't been on the show since the summer. No. <laughs> um. My word! Time is flying. Yeah, we came by. We we. We just totally crashed at Ryan's place as right. we were driving through Ohio. Right. Like, hey, we're going to be in Ohio. I think I know somebody who lives there. Right. That was awesome. <laughs> so That was a blast. Yeah. So give 
your impressions of the studio now that you're far enough away that I can't hurt you or anything like that. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you could, all you can do is hang up on me and never right. have me on again. Right. Um, no, it was, it was a lot of fun because so Ryan, you walk in and it's like a guest bedroom, but it's also his kind of studio space that he's got his computer and he's recording and everything. Right. And, uh, so, so there's a bed that I got to sleep on and I just got to sleep in the coolest room, which was <laughs> awesome. And I made my kids go sleep in the boring guest room. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, sorry, kids are out of here. And, uh, <laughs> so then it, he's got shelves on one wall. That's like all of his Muppet stuff, which is just phenomenal. Like I've never seen a Muppet collection like this. So, well, so what, what's the, the brand of those? Uh, of those? Pal- Palisades. That's right. So it's the, the Palisades, like Muppet, like little dioramas and the figures yeah. and stuff. It was a really cool setup. And then you, I mean, you had all kinds of stuff in there. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So you had stacks of comics all over the place. Like it was great. I was, <laughs> you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed. I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And I like shove them out the door and I just like sat up and read comics all night. <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> so it was great, man. It was, it was a lot of fun yeah. hanging out. So yeah. you got a nice little studio space, a nice little man cave for recording. Um, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got three bookshelves in here, which it was funny to show Robert too, because I have a bookshelf just in the, in the room itself, which yeah. is stacked with all of the Star Joe's related stuff. So there's like G.I. Joe trades on Oh, there that's right. Yeah. And yeah. All that. Just the Star Joe's one. It's just the Star Joe's stuff. And then, um, did I, I think I showed you like that the drawers to the dresser that's in here are just filled <laughs> with comics. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like there's a dresser in there. You think, okay, guest room. It's, They've got linens or something. No, you pull it out, just more comics in more, every more little comics. nook and cranny. <laughs> and there's six drawers, too, and it's just stuffed <laughs> with comics. Um, I think one of the drawers has some sheets and stuff in it, but and that's because that was mandated in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they got to go somewhere. Um, and then, so then I open up the closet. <laughs> yeah, the closet, man. And there's two more bookshelves in there <laughs> with more trades, which have Yeah, no, he, and that room is packed. Like, yeah. it is oh, packed to the brim. And that was cleaned up because I knew you were coming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. normally, like it is right now, like, I'll have to shoot a video sometime, just show, like, right now there's comics all over the bed. <laughs> and when I'm saying comics all over the bed, I don't mean like, oh, there's like 10 or 12 on, on laying on the bed. I'm talking about like there's 10 or 12 stacks of comics laying on the bed. <laughs> then there's trades on the ground next to the bed. Then there's trades on the ground next to the closet doors that I would actually have to move if I wanted to open the closet. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. We have to shift piles just to get right. to other piles. Right. So, um, so yeah, you saw the clean version of, uh, you saw the fake house, basically. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. That's good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, not that you would have minded like a bed full of comics or anything like that, but. <laughs> no, I, that's basically, I would feel like I'm at home here in my studio where I have to like swim. It's like Scrooge McDuck getting into yes. the money pit. I have to dive into the comics to get to my drawing table is kind of how it works. Which is also amazing because then I do the, I do the videos now up in my guest room, which I really like doing more than I was doing before, which I was doing those in the basement before. In oh, like okay. Blue screen. Um, now I just record them up in the, in my guest room with cool stuff behind me. And I've had people say like, Oh, I like what's there and there. And I'm trying to swap things out now because people are noticing stuff. Um, yeah. So I want to show them other cool stuff. But so now I have a giant, uh, light in this room as well. Like the, one of those big umbrella photo shoot type lights. Oh, right. Is yeah. in here. And, uh, and you can't see all of the junk that is all around me on the floor. Like, I don't mean junk, but like all the comics and yeah, trades stuff, and all that yeah. stuff everywhere. 
in the videos, it looks like it's a, a it's still that nice, clean, neat room that you stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> Way to fake everybody out. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited for you. Uh, I think I warned you about, I don't know if I did or not, but uh, watch out for uh, every street being named Peachtree Street and uh, Dunwoody is the other one. Like, Every street in Georgia is called Peachtree something or Dunwoody something. <laughs> it's like Peachtree Avenue, Peachtree Street, Peachtree Road, Peachtree. I'm like, en- enough. We get it. <laughs> Georgia's known for peaches. I get it. Where Dunwoody comes from, I don't even know what that is. I think it's a type of tree. Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't Dunwoody. know. Dunwoody. Dunwoody. It's probably the guy who first started growing peaches. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's bad because you go down there and like, we stopped one time, uh, cause I had, I'd been down there. I haven't been to Savannah itself, but I've been to, uh, the Atlanta area and everything. And they stopped at the gas station. This was before GPS and everything. And, or at least before we had GPS. Um, and I was, I had a map and I, I went into the gas station. I was like, can you tell, we're trying to get to this place. Can you tell us where this is, you know, where to, how to get there? And they're like, well, I, we don't know. I was like, well, can you at least tell me where we're at right now and I'll figure it out? And they're like, I, I can't, I don't know. And I, and I, and I blame the peach tree streets for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if they know how to get home at the end of the night is what I wonder. So, <laughs> um, so, so that's exciting. And then you had exciting family news, which is that your sister got engaged. Yeah. So, uh, she's off the market, Shannon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, Jason, it's, uh, Jason yeah, yeah. Every, every, every nerd out there. I know. <laughs> It's a sad day in the, in the nerd world, but, um, yeah, I know we're excited for her. She's been, uh, uh, dating this guy, Chris, for a while, and he's a cool guy. He came, he came by to Illinois and visited family this last summer, so we got to know him. That's cool. And, uh, he's a blast. He's a cool guy, so he treats her well, and that's all we wanted. Yeah. No, he seems very cool. Like all of her posts and the things, you know, he seems like he's a very cool guy, so. Um, and she, and she just got a new job. Uh, it, she gets to stay in Miami where she's at, but she works remotely for a company in Salt Lake that does, um, like convention marketing and yeah, ticketing that. and stuff. So she'll be like basically doing common convention marketing, uh, for a nationwide company. So That's she's awesome. just phenomenal. She just got a landed a really great job that uses all of her skills. She's way pumped yeah. about it. So we're excited for it. Yeah. Her. And she's, I mean, and, and obviously there's, obviously influences growing up and everything else, but like she is like legitimate geek fan, you know, like, Oh, I mean, she is. And we're going to get into this when we start talking about the catalog, but you were saying right. like how you have older sisters and they're, yeah. they're always got the Barbie houses and things. Yeah. I mean, it was Elaine who she was playing with He-Man. Yeah. And she, like she introduced me to like He-Man and Thundercats. And like, if, if we were going to watch something, she was always the one who picked what we watched. She was the oldest. Yeah. And so she introduced me to like G.I. Joe and Transformers and yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it was really her. So yeah. she's always been that way. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, like she's one of those people I would defend to my dying breath that if someone was like, Oh, she just does that because it's her job to do it. It's like, no, no, she loves the stuff. And then she got to do it as a job. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, she loved it. And she spent years, like literally years right. trying to find a way right. for that to be. I mean, she's, she's very artistic, but it wasn't like she was going to devote the time to be a comic artist, but right. she, she loved coming to the conventions with me 
And uh, as I started going kind of early in my career, especially. And right. so uh, she just loved the atmosphere, interacting with the other artists. And then she's like, I got to find a way to do this. Right. Which I will time, say, so. which I will say what you said there reminded me too. I did get a, uh, a piece from your brother, Brian recently. Yeah. Which yeah. is Captain America, which I absolutely love and adore. And I said, when I posted it on Facebook, I said, okay, so now I've got Robert and Brian pieces from each of them. Now I just needed to have like Elaine draw me like a stick figure or something like that. <laughs> uh, then I'll have the Atkins comic uh, trifecta. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and then I and uh, if it's at all possible at some time in the new year, we you and I definitely need to do that episode where we have our sisters on the episodes with us. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because uh, I know I know my sister would totally. Is totally in favor of doing it. So, um, and I'm sure Elaine, if she can find the time and everything else, would be happy to do that as well. Yeah, I know. We just got to coordinate it, but they, they, they would be a blast to have on. We could yeah. do it. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be cool. For sure. So, um, so yeah, a lot of the things planned for the new year, uh, like the show's not going anywhere. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, and I'll be thanking them at the end of the episode like I normally do, but I also wanted to sincerely thank the patrons that have uh, donated to Patreon for a few reasons. Uh, one is they have made it possible for the show to be paid for each year now. Uh, so it's not coming out of my pocket. Uh, yeah. In fact, John reached out to me today and was like, Hey, uh, how much does it cost you to do the show? Cause he's like, I, I want to help you with that. Cause you've been doing it yourself. And I was like, actually, you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the patrons have donated, uh, enough that it's, uh, paid for, you know, the year of the show. And with that interview that I, uh, again, by the time you've heard this, uh, I'll have that interview with the toys that made us creator. Um, I had to do, they wanted to call and I was like, how do I make, how do I record a phone call? Um, yeah. I can do that through Skype, but you have to pay for that. And it's like a three month, you have to do like the smallest amount you can do is a three month subscription. And, yeah. uh, that's like 18 bucks, which is no big, no big deal. You know, it's not a huge amount of money or anything like that. But I was like, it's again, it would have normally been something that would have came out of my pocket and I would have done it because I really wanted to have that interview. <clears throat> but again, I don't have to do that. That's what that Patreon money's for. I told everyone here, like that money would go back into the show. It's not right. going into my pocket to do fun, whatever I want with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also purchased a uh, recorder uh, off of Travis, our buddy Travis. Um, he had a voice recorder that we had used at Baltimore the last two years and he didn't really want it. And he was only bringing it whenever we were going to Baltimore and I was like, I might have use for it when I go to conventions and stuff. So I purchased it off of him. Uh, and then the Patreon money will basically reimburse me for that. So it's helping me to buy equipment that I need for the show and everything too. So I sincerely want to thank the, the Patreon members out there and everything. So, and every little bit helps. So, uh, it, it's been awesome. Uh, it's taken a huge expense off of my plate, uh, and allows me to do more things for the show. That's very beneficial. So, so that was awesome. That's awesome. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into the wish book, uh, we I know you and I have kind of texted back and forth a little bit saying, you know, we didn't really give our thoughts or opinions too much to each other. But there's been some comic movies that have come out that we haven't really had a chance to talk about on this show. Um, yeah. In particular, Thor Ragnarok and uh, Justice League movie. 
Right. So uh, do you have one you'd like to start with that we could talk about? Uh, let's go and do them as they came out. So okay. let's go and talk about Thor. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of jump in real quick and yeah. just say, in general, I, I came out of it, like, really happy with it. Yeah. So um, I felt like, that. I mean, that was the general consensus as far as, like, how well it did in the box office and the general re- reviews it got. Um, I think that they were very smart knowing ahead of time, like, we needed to change this up a little bit and find our own voice for the Thor property within the Marvel universe. Right. So that's something that Marvel has done such a great job. Like it is literally going on 10 years of movies as of next, as of next summer will have been 10 years of Marvel universe movies from Iron Man one. Yeah. And they have, uh, with Thor, that was their 17th movie, which is crazy. So, and by the time that it's exactly a year, there will have been 19 that have come out because yeah. Black Panther and then the Infinity War. Right. So, uh, yeah, so 19 movies in 10 years. That's nuts. Is mind blowing. And that all of them have, you know, are to varying degrees, but considered successful. Yes. They've made money. They haven't had any like bombs. You no. know what I mean? They're obviously some are better than others, but right. generally. They've all been relatively successful and building on each other. Well, and you, and I'm sure you've seen the the things too, where they like everyone was predicting which one's going to be the bomb for Marvel, which one's going to be the yeah. bomb, and you you heard things like Doctor Strange was going to be it, and and that one was successful. Or Guardians, or nobody Guardians. even knew at all, yeah, exactly. like what that was about. Exactly. Yeah. So, so so with with Thor, like I think early on. I mean, certainly when Iron Man came out at the time, think about it, 2008, not very many people even knew who Iron Man was. If you weren't right. reading the comics or maybe you'd seen a few cartoons in the 90s, but generally, yeah, you know, he wasn't like a household name. So uh, anyway, so Thor, I think to a certain extent, even less so. And um, so with the th- first Thor movie, it was like an origin movie. It was a little more straight laced, but it still had humor. Like with right. Jane Foster kept running him over with the truck. And, yes. you know, like in general, um, his camaraderie with the with the with the physicist and in general, like the, just the lightheartedness at times. Um, I, so that was fun, you know, and then the dark world got even a little sillier, you know, like yeah. it amped up the it wasn't just set on Earth in one little town. You know, you're going back and forth to Asgard. You're dealing with, you know, another worldly, like the Dark Elves as a pr- protagonist yeah. or antagonist, I should say. And so that that enlarges the scope. Um, but also, you know, it kind of allowed more levity even more than the first movie. Yeah. So to me, this third one seemed like a natural progression in the direction they were going. Bigger scope, heavier, like... If they didn't have the jokes, this would be, could be a really dark movie. Yeah. Right. And and the dark world also. You know, what I mean, if if there wasn't those moments to to interject the levity, like it could have been pretty serious and yeah. and grim. You know. Yeah. And this one, we're talking about like the destruction of a genocide of a people and a destruction of a planet and yeah. you know uh, slavery, all this kind of stuff. And, and, just to, and just to warn people too, we we will be probably mentioning certain spoilers here and there. So if you yeah, haven't seen it, you may want to skip yeah. ahead. So. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have said that before. Right. right. Anyway, so um, yeah, so so obviously, I think I, I I've seen a few behind the scenes stuff with uh, Taika Waititi, the director, and and Chris Hemsworth talking about. They knew that they they wanted a different, not like a full one eighty, but just a 
skew it a, even a little more towards the direction that would separate it from, you know, you have Captain America, which is the spy espionage movie. You right. have Ant-Man, which is the heist movie. Yep. You know, you've got, uh, you know, just, just the, the, the various origin movies, you know, was, um, Doctor Strange is kind of like, uh, just the mystic supernatural. You know what I mean? Every, they, they've each found their own nice little niche. So it's like, what is Thor? Right. You know, Thor kind of deals with mythology by nature. Yeah. But to be honest, you know, it's not as goofy as Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they're not looking for a laugh a minute. Right. But I think they found that balance. They found the in-between of the Doctor Strange or the, you know, even more dry, not dry, but just even more straight-laced and serious as the, you know, like, uh, Winter Soldier or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's intense. Like, like that's an intense espionage action-adventure movie. Um, then you have, like, Doctor Strange, which is kind of a next-level up and then you have something like Thor, which interjects humor, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, which is just kind of a silly ride. Right. You know? And I think that uh, with the new director and with um, just kind of interjecting that sense of humor that he has, I think was a nice balance. I really enjoyed it. I know some people thought it was too silly. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a nice balance. I thought the jokes were funny. Like I came out of it having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Even even the change of the look, you know, like. Thor getting his haircut, stuff like that. Like they were talking specifically, we want this to have a different look, a different vibe, like a new beginning for the Thor character and the, and the world. And, um, I think they nailed it, man. I, I really like the progression of the character and in general, the tone that they had. Um, for me, I, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, just like you were saying. I will say, I, I, I don't go to the extreme of saying like it was, too funny but i think sometimes the humor was a little forced in there like Mm -hmm. uh when it could have been a little bit serious like in general for me when it came to thor like this like you said it's a natural progression for me as well i i think like this is what i would have expected the direction i expected thor to go into originally when thor was being done i was kind of hoping for almost like a lord of the rings style like that type of serious tone but then when i realized i wasn't getting that like i was like okay well this is where we're going um, right. And I've had fun with it. Um, like I said, I do think this one maybe pushed a little bit too much into the Guardians of the Galaxy style humor, but I still laughed all the time. I still yeah. enjoyed it, so it wasn't like it was bad at all. Um, like some of the things that really cracked me up were uh, was like at the very beginning when he's talking to Surtur and he's spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> and it ha- yeah, that was like a joke you definitely saw coming, but right. it still made me laugh. You know yeah. What I mean? And and the thing was, it was that typical like this is um it this is a joke that's going too long, so that makes it even funnier because it's been going too it, it's happened too many times already. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I love when Surger was like Thor, son of Odin, and he's like Surger, son of a bitch. <laughs> like those little things crack yeah. me up. Um, I loved, of course, just because I'm a huge fan of the movie. The Willy Wonka boat ride reference. Oh gosh, yeah. Which was fantastic. Um, uh, a couple of the, a couple of the negatives that I didn't, just for me personally, but there was a mm-hmm. lot more positives, but a couple of the negatives. One, I didn't like the, what happened with the Warriors 3. Um, uh, yeah, but, I had two major takeaways that I didn't like. That was definitely one of them. Yeah, I was like, there was no need to destroy that. In fact, most of them didn't even have like two seconds of breath and boom, they were gone. <sighs> I mean, Hogan at least had a chance to fight her one-on-one. Right. And I would expect, 
a, a daughter of Odin to, to be able to beat Hogan. Like, I yeah. get that, and, but at least you gave him his due. Yeah. And then my other ne- negative, uh, but I just come to expect it already at this point, is Jeff Goldblum was playing <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, I didn't mind that so much because that's I all expect I expected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I expect it, but I'm like, come on, dude, have some range already. <laughs> like, no. You're always Malcolm. From Jurassic oh, Park. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, totally. Um, but, like you said, I expect it, so I enjoyed it because I was already expecting it. Yeah. Um, but that was, yeah, that was just kind of like, and then the, like the post credit scene where he's just like, okay, let's say, we'll call it a tie then, we'll call it a tie. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you're funny. Um, so those were the two, like I said, if I had to point negatives to anything, now the things I thought were amazing positive wise, I thought Hella looked amazing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, very comic accurate too. Yeah. And I heard negatives about her, like that they, I heard some people saying, felt like the Kate Blanchett like phoned it in. I was like, I didn't get that at all. No, me either. I thought she played the character. In fact, I think she was one of the stronger villains that we've seen in the Marvel movies. Um, uh, yeah, I would agree. And, uh, like I loved, uh, I obviously loved the whole Planet Hulk arena scene. Like that was awesome. I love the fact that Hulk talked more. Uh, yeah. Like that worked really well. Um, you know, there, there was just a lot of really, really cool moments. Uh, I, I actually really liked the new Valkyrie, but I loved the, the back flashback scene where they show Hella fighting the Valkyries. That just looked like a Renaissance painting, oh you know, going in slow motion. It looked beautiful. And then like the one Valkyrie that was, that died to save her looked just like Brunhilde. the Valkyrie in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. So Brunhilde, really yeah. Cool. I was, I'm almost certain that that's who it is. But I like yeah. the character of the Valkyrie that we saw through most of the movie. I thought she was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, I, I, the one real quick, the, yeah, yeah. like the second negative that I thought they were doing it for comedic effect, uh-huh. but I feel like they kind of dumbed Thor down. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it wasn't so bad that it ever took me out of the movie, but the fact that he would throw a, a ball against the wall and it hits him in the head and knocks him over, yeah. it's just a, it's a little slapstick. I mean, this guy's like a warrior. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. would have amazing reflexes and right. he would have, and I, so I get it. They did it for the, the com- comedic aspect. Yeah. But just things like, I mean, this guy knows how to, he understands science because he's from this advanced technology in this race. I mean, he can jump in a spaceship, figure it out in a few minutes and be able to fly it through the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he should be able to kind of work out other things. I, I mean, say, that seemed to come really hard to him. Yeah, and I will say I like the fact that they went more, like, spacey with this movie. Yeah. Because that is definitely a part of Thor, is the cosmic side of Thor. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like that. Um, kind of tied into that as far as, and this was where the comedic, like I said, I felt like the comedic uh, comedy went a little too far was, um, and I could be totally wrong, but I felt like the executioner was a little too jokey. Like too much of a, a of a right. comedy thing. I always saw the executioner as being like this serious brute, and he came across a little too comedic for me. But uh, but then I heard some other podcast reviews that said, oh yeah, he was very comic accurate. That uh, I was like, okay, looks wise he was for sure. Um, yeah, but I yeah I kind of wonder. I, I I feel like they were just really nervous about taking anything too dark. Right. It's kind of the the. Because they didn't want it to conflict with how light they went with everything. Right. And I feel like if he was like, um, 
too intense or too threatening, um, then you you might not believe that he was reluctant, you know, because like he was a, he was a reluctant follower of Hela because he just wanted to live. Right. Um, you know, but it was just almost, yeah, it was just a little, I don't know. And and you figure how dark, how dark it ends with like, they lost their home. Um, you know, that's very dark and heavy already. So, um, and Surtur was amazing. Like, Okay, yeah, so I was just about to say, like, oh, that opening sequence with Surtur, I could watch a whole movie like that. Yes. And to me, that's the tone of Thor. That's the look of Thor I like, and when I'm fighting these types of mythical creatures that's the and going on Thor, yeah. missions, you know what I mean? So it's like, if it didn't have to tie into this greater Marvel universe and the Infinity Gems and, right. and, and outer, and cosmic outer space stuff, like, I would rather see the whole, the different, the nine realms, you know, yeah. and, and kind of like the way that the dark world started too, because he was yeah. going there, like stopping battles and stuff and him yeah. fighting other creatures. Like I, to me, those are my favorite parts of Thor. Um, but yeah, man, seeing Surtur in action like that. Yeah, that was awesome. The, the CGI on that just looks very cool. Yeah. He looks, yeah, man, yeah. I was, I dug it. And, uh, I liked how they kind of explained some things that had happened earlier in the Marvel cinematic universe. Like they explained, why is the Infinity Gauntlet inside Odin's, like, temple? Uh, but then we see Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet, and it's because Hela goes by and goes, fake, and just, like, knocks it yeah. off. And it's like, okay, so that was a fake one all along. So, like, I like that they kind of made those adjustments and, and everything, so. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it seems like, you know, in general, they're trying to plan as much as they can and in advance as possible, but it's like... You know, they, they kind of put it there as a little Easter egg, maybe, when they did the first Thor right. movie. Oh, yeah. And then and then they're like, oh, wait, we're going to actually make this a bigger thing. Right. Now, are we going to try and shoehorn it in that Thanos gets the gauntlet from Asgard? Right. Or, you know, maybe not, let's not force it. And all, all it takes is a throwaway line saying, right. oh, that's fake. Yeah. You know, and then it's done. Exactly. So. so. And then you also found out that the, I think it was the Aya Agamotto was fake, too, which explains why Stephen, you know, Stephen Strange and Doctor Strange, like, had the whole Eye of Agamotto thing going on. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she just walked by stuff and said, fake, fake, fake. And then, you know, so, so I liked how they did that. Like you said, they initially, when they first did it, they did it as like, Oh, here's some Easter eggs for everybody. And then they're like, crap, we have to do something about this now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh wait, we we need this for the story. Yeah. Right. So, so I love that. Um, one, one interesting thing, this, this kind of, well, okay, wait, I'll tell you what, I, I can hold off on this real quick. Like, do you have anything else specific to the movie, specific to Thor? No, nothing, <clears throat> nothing else for Thor, so go ahead. Okay. All right, so this is, this really gets me excited for, for the Infinity, the Avengers, Infinity War in, in, uh, in April. And I have a few predictions. We can maybe even do like a little sure. prediction episode later, but one thing that, I'm, I, I'm curious about, okay. I think the, the last stone that we haven't seen yet is the soul stone, right. right? And even though the colors of the movie universe stones don't match up directly with the colors used in the comics, right? For example, the power stone is red in the comics, but in the movie universe, it's purple or whatever. Right. right. But the same colors are used. So it's yes. not like they're throwing in teal or right. aquamarine or something. You know, it's just, uh, same colors, but just not matching up. They didn't go with so, like periwinkle and mauve. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, what are we doing? Um, so we, so the only stone we're missing is the soul stone, and the only color we haven't seen yet is the orange yes. stone, right? Okay, but we've seen everything else. Yeah. Now I saw this interesting theory, and I just want to run it by you, see what you think. Sure. Okay. 
Now, either they, the Kevin Feige and everybody who's built this integrated universe thought of this a long time ago and used it as a map or a way to like slowly reveal which stone is which, or if it's just a crazy fan theory putting this together. But okay, if you think about it, if you take uh, the different uh, forms that the stones have been introduced to the viewers. Yeah. In, so like the Tesseract, right, right was right. the space stone. So it came in the form of a Tesseract, this cube. All right. right. So then you had the, um, uh, we'll just kind of go through the list here. So we'll go the ether, yeah. which was the, uh, reality stone, right. which can change the laws of physics, right. And right. Thor, the dark world. So aether starts with an A. A-E-T-H-Y-R. It's like a Nordic name. Yeah. All right. Then you have the necklace, right? That the eye of Ogmodo right. was around Dr. Strange's neck, right? That's the time stone. Right. And then, uh, the orb, right? Which contained yeah. the power stone, stone and guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and then you had the scepter, you yeah. know, that, that Loki was using with the mind stone all through the Avengers movie. Right. And if you take that as an acronym, the letter for each of those different Objects spells Thanos. Oh. So the only thing we're missing is H. So Tesseract, H, which we don't know because it's the orange soul stone. We don't know. Right. Then A, the Aether, N, the necklace, O for orb, S for scepter. Wow. Every one of those objects. So me and my son saw (laughs) Thor and we're like, what is orange that starts with an H? And we just think, it's Heimdall's eyes. Oh. Wow. Because his eyes are orange, and right. he even has an orange gem in and, the center of his armor. Yeah, and he can see everything. And he can see into the soul right. of everybody across the nine realms. Right. What? That, that just blew my mind. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, <laughs> is this really it? Could that, could that be it? And if so, then they would have had to made that their roadmap you know, years ago years ago right yeah, yeah. With, with the very first introduction of a stone with the tesseract right being a t right right so uh i'm curious about that all right so yeah. i think that's one option the other thing though is and you know we see heimdall he's still alive at the end of the thor movie even though lots of other characters died heimdall's still alive and he's on the ship that's headed to thanos at the end of the movie right okay and in all the all of the previews, we see Loki, we see Thor, we don't see anything about Heimdall, mm-hmm. and and in the trailer or anything like that. Okay, so that's one guess. Heimdall being the H and right. it being his eyes. All right. The other thing though is what we will see. It's a way for Black Panther to really tie into this greater universe. In the trailer for Avengers: The Infinity War, obviously like a. You know, Black Panther and Wakanda like have a huge army, and I think that they're going to be making a big stand against the armies of Thanos. Right. So I'm curious if if the Soul Gem is going to get somehow, you know, fit into the Black Panther movie. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not really sure. I would be yeah. way more excited if it timed all, just because then sure. that would link all up the way that I wanted. To. Sure. <laughs> Maybe there's because uh, Black Panther takes place in the you know the jungle in Africa mm-hmm. and everything else. Maybe there's an orange hippo, <laughs> and he's a hungry, hungry hippo, and he's got a gem inside him, and then you have your H. 
Because <laughs> there was and there was an orange there was an orange hippo in the game Hungry Hungry Hippo. <laughs> Thanos just like comes out, grabs a hippo, just plunges the Infinity Gauntlet into the guts of this hippo. Right. <laughs> like, and a bunch of marbles come out in the, in, <laughs> in the Infinity Stone. So those are our two theories. That's those are the Star theories. Joe's theories. Right. It's either Heimdall's eyes or a hungry, hungry hippo Hippo. in Wakanda. Right. (laughs) And I, and if, and if I watch the Black Panther movie and that happens, (laughs) you're going to be able to hear me wherever you are because I'm going to stand up. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Everyone's going to be like, there's no way you knew that. I'd be like, go listen to the episode. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Come come here. I'll play it right now for you. Well, I'm, what I'm curious is like, you know, ways that they could, you know, there's a lot of totems in yeah. uh, Wakanda. And so, uh, you know, okay. Now there's a couple well, things. Well, here's the thing too. I, you said there's lots of totems, which sounds close to Toto and Toto saying Africa and the song. Africa. <laughs> so I'm, I'm using that. No, you're as, reaching. You're really that, reaching. Now that's there. a link back to the hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> so now go ahead. Okay. Um, so I've heard some people say that we think we know the Mind Stone because Loki was using it to mind control and it's placed on the forehead of, of, uh, you know, vision and that kind of gave him his personality. But what if it, what if that is the soul stone that happens to be yellow? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, so when Loki would use it, it would manipulate somebody's soul, yeah. right? To do his bidding. And then it's what gives vision personality. And made the AI work is that they implanted a soul yeah. into the vision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we've seen the soul stone because they've never come out and said, this is the mind stone. This right. is the power stone. Right. You know, they've never specified. This is all just conjecture. For a, lot of it, a lot of it's conjecture based on what they saw the power of it being. So they're like, yeah, okay, what it was doing. Right. I mean, obviously, right. like the Tesseract is the space stone because you can tr- teleport and travel, right. you know, that kind of right. thing. So what if the soul stone is in vision and we're actually missing the mind stone? If that's the case and it was somehow planted in Wakanda, then maybe it's generating some kind of effect that allows the Wakandians to generally be smarter, more the, how they've been yeah. so inventive and how they've been able to hide themselves from the world and how they've been able to somehow interact with vibranium and, and all this kind of stuff. So what makes them such an advanced culture uh, hidden from the world? Well, maybe they've been using you know, a, a pulling stone. power. Yeah, pulling power from the mind stone this whole time. So, so I actually have a theory if that's the case, and and this is a truth theory. This isn't the hungry, hungry hippo theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so, goodness. <laughs> so this is, this is a real theory. So if okay. if it is the mind stone, and we actually saw uh, Bucky Winter Winter Soldier in the trailer for Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, so he's been unfrozen or whatever. He's been unfrozen, and maybe his programming has been fixed. Because remember, that's why they put him in hibernation. Oh, right, yeah, because his mind's jumbled. His mind's jumbled up. So maybe the Wakandans, if they Uh, have the Mind Stone, are able to use it somehow to help un... Wipe out his brainwashing. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. See, I told you it was a legitimate theory. Uh, it is. That's legitimate. <laughs> that gives that gives some credence to that. So I think it's either the Soul Stone and, Heim, and it's Heimdall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, oh, this is the other thing because you know in Avengers when uh, Thor goes off in his little um, retreat to like uh, take off his shirt and jump in that weird cave pond, right, right? And he has his visions, right? Right. Uh, his visions of Asgard 
Heimdall comes up to him and he's blind. Yes. And he can't see. And he was specifically going there to search for the Infinity Stones. Right. And so that's why I think it's Heimdall's eyes. That was another little link there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it's either the Soul Stone with Heimdall's eyes or I think it's the Mind Stone in Wakanda. Nice. Or it's the Hungry yeah. Hungry Hippo. I'm not. I, you know, I think we're going to throw that one out. You can throw it out. I'm keeping it. Okay, you hang on to that. You hang on to that one. Because when it happens in the Black Panther movie, <laughs> oh, you're going to be upset. You're going to be like, I wish I'd listened more to Ryan. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's exactly what I'll be thinking. Well, in that moment, you definitely probably should be thinking that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> let's face it, if that happens, that's going to be jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm dating this, by the way. That Even though this is coming out right before Christmas, because I don't want, like, news to come out that this is what's going on and then i go well see i had all along they're like no that news came out before your episode came out um so this was yeah no we're recording this let's put it down for for our posterity december 8th we're recording at 10 o'clock my time 11 o'clock your time right so so when any of these theories come true, especially the hungry, hungry hippo one, yeah, you heard it here first. You heard folks, it here everybody. first. So breaking news, right? Start to... <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, I do like some of the actual theories that we have. Yeah, so. I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm curious. I think yeah. that that could be the direction it goes. But yeah, I like it. I like it. Um. So Justice League. Yeah. Uh. So what'd you think of that one? Okay. Um. Now, I went to go see it with a friend of mine who, even through all of the negative reviews and, and people nitpicking apart Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and kind of leading up to Justice League, mm-hmm. he is a huge fan of the DC approach to movies. Okay. okay. So there's people out there that like it. <laughs> yeah. Right? So just throwing it out there. Like well, we know, like we know it. Mike Myers does. Yeah. He's all about it. Okay. Yeah. So, so, I think there are some people who are just excited to have Superman and Batman on film. Yep. And they don't really care how it's delivered. Right. They just want to see them on film. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're more than happy to do that. So yeah. it helped. I would say it was, it helped that I went there with somebody who absolutely loves it. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, you, you feed off of that. When oh, you watch yeah, a, com- sure. a comedy with people that are all laughing, you're going to laugh and enjoy it. Yep. So I went there and I came out of it. I really liked it. I came out really happy. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I liked that it was taking uh, a more positive, you yes. know, kind of view on the world that Superman actually would smile, you know what yes. I mean? And it was like a bit lighthearted at times. I thought obviously not to the near the extent of Thor or right. anything like that, right. but just, um, I like, I liked it. I came out of it and I really enjoyed it and I had fun. Yeah. Now I've heard podcasts and I've read articles and, and I've just seen a lot of justice league bashing. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like, look, just take it as if you really didn't like Batman versus Superman, I feel like this is going in a new and better direction. Yep. And if they made this much progress with the first one, then I'm actually really excited to see Aquaman. Yeah. I think Flashpoint could be really cool and fun because I liked the Flash in this. Oh, I loved him in this. And I think that it gets me excited to see uh, another Superman movie. Yeah. So I think it ticks all those boxes for what DC probably wanted to come out of it. Now, I'm sure they would have wished they would have made more money. Sure. Uh, and it should have. I mean, it made less than any of the yeah. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, or Wonder Woman. Uh, which, I mean, it's kind of a downer. And I just kind of wish people weren't so quick to bag on right. 
on a well, movie now. It's become one of those things where it's like ex- it's accepted or expected that it's going to be the DC movie is going to be bad. So let's go ahead and start bashing it and picking it apart right away. And it's like I agree with you. Like I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. And I went into it thinking this might be good. Like there was things in the trailers that made me a little like hesitant, and a couple of those things I still have a problem yeah. with. Yeah. But overall, man, I came out of the movie and went, that was a lot of fun, and I would go see that again. Like, yeah, and I've been actually meaning to go back and see it. I want to see it in theaters again. I saw it in IMAX. I yeah. loved it, like yeah. in that format. Yeah. I, I want to see it again. Um, oh, you know what? No, I think I saw this one in 3D. I want to go back and see it in IMAX. But because, okay. I don't know, but just in general, like, yeah, I came out of it wanting to see it again and, uh, and excited for when it came out. I mean, I think, uh, it, so what are your thoughts on this? So, there's been a lot of critiques lately, like, oh, so-and-so is just phoning it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people have been saying that a lot about Ben Affleck in this movie. Did you feel that way? Did no, you think that? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, I'm I, like, I, my opinion, honestly, and this might be a controversial statement, to me, he's the best Batman we've had on movie screen. I okay. Like, I, I, I like him more I than Michael I completely agree. I yeah, like him more I than, completely uh, agree. I like him more, definitely like him more than Clooney and Val Kilmer. Uh, that's not <laughs> yeah. hard to do, though. And I liked him more than uh, than uh, Christian Bale, and I loved the Dark Knight trilogy movie. Uh, yeah, but I think it's it's interesting comparison because I think that this is a more like comic yes. accurate Batman, yes. and the Dark Knight trilogy is a movie universe Batman. Yes, and it just shows you how many different iterations of Batman there can be, and they all generally work. Yeah. Um. But I oh my gosh, there were some still shot scenes in this movie where Batman's jumping at the camera and the lighting behind him and just yeah. the mold, the molding of his suit. Like I was like, yes. And it was, I just wish there was more of that. Like yeah. it was just like a split second where I was like, Oh, I want to go back and rewind it and just yeah. capture that moment. Cause I think that his, his visual yeah. is sp- so spot on. Yeah. And it's he so, plays, so he plays Bruce Wayne and Batman extraordinarily, extraordinarily well. Um, I like that. There was one scene that I was like, okay, they could have done a better job there, which there was a scene near the beginning where he's fighting the parademon, and you could tell he was on a wire uh, being thrown. Uh, and uh. that was the only thing. I was, I was like, ooh, I hope the rest of it's not going to be like this, and it wasn't. <laughs> the whole rest of the movie was not like that, which was yeah. awesome. Um, but, yeah, he he was smart. He you, you could tell he was constantly, like, this is also, here's the thing with this bat- version of Batman that I don't feel like I got with a lot of the other past Batman uh, movie versions. I actually felt like every scene he was calculating what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like he was looking yeah, around the room. Putting all the pieces together. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, this is, this is well, like he picked up that the certain noise was causing the parademons to go crazy. And like he was looking, you know, he's sizing everybody up, uh, you know, right. when he's facing off against Aquaman, he's like, he like you could tell he knew that who he was talking to was Aquaman before Aquaman revealed himself as being Aquaman. Yeah. Um like it it was very Batman-ish and like you said it was a very comic book ver- version of Batman. So Yeah. Um, I think yeah, when you bring up that parody I, I and this just comes from me listening to various podcasts and so I think it's uh somebody had brought up this point and I, I there was a few moments so we can be a little nitpicky here sure, just for a sure. bit. So in general, I think we typically agree. I think our tastes are run along the same lines. So yeah. I think um, we both generally liked it, enthusiastic. We yeah. want to see more, you yeah. know, right? So 
in that opening sequence, you know, Batman like captures this robber. I mean, obviously he's yeah. armed. He just stole from somebody. Right. This is the kind of criminals that Batman would rough him up a bit and leave him for the police. Right. Yeah. He uses him as bait for the parademon, which I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool twist. He's kind yeah. of catching two birds with one stone kind of thing. Yep. But then he kind of like after he, the parademon kind of dissolves, they have this little conversation about life. And then Batman just leaves. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I was just waiting for like one little, like a, like a grappling hook net or something like just a, to shoot back and, like a bat know. bolo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Just the tie through be like, oh, oh crap. And then he falls back and I'd be like, okay, good. Yeah. Justice has been done. Right. But I'm like, what is he doing just leaving that guy? <laughs> he just robbed a place. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I didn't think that, but you, that's an excellent point. Honestly, that's a very excellent point. I did, I remember thinking it at the moment, I was like, that's weird. And I'm just waiting for that little beat, just the tiniest little beat where, it, you know, he jumps off the side of the building and then you see a bolo or something like, yeah. Yeah. with the guy, he's like, ah, and he yeah. falls down. And yeah. then we cut to the next thing. It, it would only have taken like five seconds. Right. And then it never came. I was like, oh, that was weird. Did he yeah. just let that guy go? And then I was fine. Like, I just yeah, went yeah. on with the rest of the movie. Didn't think anything of it again. But then I was listening to a podcast and they brought that up. I was like, yeah, that, that was weird. Like, yeah. I, why would he just leave, let that dude go? So I will tell you my, my two biggest <clears throat> gripes with the movie. Um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, I guess they're kind of big, but like, again, they did not take away from my enjoyment at all. Uh, one was I saw absolutely zero reason for that opening shot with Superman. Where they, they obviously refilmed it and that's oh, where they yeah. CG'd his mustache and everything else. So, <laughs> okay, must, mustache gate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I watched that scene and I was like, well, this didn't even need to be in the movie. Like, there right. was no need for it whatsoever. I know what they were going for. They were trying to show that Superman was warm and friendly because they, he had that, they had that PR issue with the previous movies. So they're yeah. like, no, this was a, a Superman that the people loved and he would talk to the kids, see, and everything else. And now he's dead and it's so sad. And I'm like, I, that scene to me, like completely was not even needed in the movie at all. Um, and then the other thing tied into the CG mustache in a way, um, there was scenes that were completely in a CG landscape that I didn't care for. I was like, especially the scene where, like on uh, Themyscira, where they're riding yeah. in a field. I'm like, you couldn't have found a field. You had to do like a CG field. I don't like everything. So- kind of felt like the gravity was a little off. Like they didn't have yeah. the same exact weight, you know, right. as the environment. Like it didn't quite yeah. mesh. Like you could tell when they were in a real environment. Yeah, and those scenes were my favorite scenes. And then you could tell when they were in a CG environment, which felt very, you know, to go to go to something that's related to the show. It felt very Phantom Menace, like prequel, because it was like, I can tell you're in a green screen set. I can, that, yeah. you know, completely. So that bothered me, but at the same time, once I realized that that's what I was going to be getting, <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. this is what we're going to get. So let's see yeah. how the story is. And once that, once I let that go, I was like, this is awesome. So. Yeah. And I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody's been kind of bashing, um, Steppenwolf's like either design or his CG that it wasn't quite up to par. And I was like, I never took me out of the movie. No, it's no. not like he came across like exceptionally rubbery or, yeah. you know, like so to the extent that it wasn't 
believable. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's like yeah. as soon as I saw him, I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. And it was it was, it didn't ever get way worse or, or to the point where it take me out. Now some people are just being like over the top nitpicky about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I get it. You know, you spend like three hundred million dollars on a movie, right? You know, and you get better CG in um in something half the price you know right. so it's like you know come on like but Dead, at the same like deadpool had better cg at certain points yeah with, with, with colossus yeah <laughs> right. like, like, so you know so that was that was a thing but it was you know and then there's other little tiny plot points where i was like uh, batman shoots a missile at steppenwolf and i'm like best case scenario that still explodes and then dumps the gotham river in on right you know the area they're in so why is he shooting the missile in the first place let alone Right. He catches it and then blows a hole in the side of the, the thing, which floods the place. Like, right. it doesn't seem to me like Batman wouldn't know. Right. That that would happen. So, like, there was just, it, it wasn't at all, like, I do not at all blame Ben Affleck for this. No, like, no. I, that's driving me a bit crazy. Yeah. I think it's just the writing, occasionally there was, there was things that Batman did that didn't make sense to me. Right. And it wasn't, again, not enough to take me out of the movie. It was yeah. just like, oh, come on. Like, maybe could have. Yeah. Like you said, I yeah. love I loved Affleck as Batman. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, um, the Flash. I loved that character. Yeah, Ezra Miller, right? Yeah, I thought he was awesome. He was definitely the comic relief. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, he was still a hero, and I love I adore the scene when he doesn't know <laughs> what to do, and Batman says, yeah. "Save one person." And then right. you'll know what to do. And what he does is he goes and saves one person, and then he realizes, oh, I'm going to go save another person. That's what I'm supposed to do, is I'm supposed to save people. Um, right, right. So I loved that because that was that Batman also we haven't really seen yet in the movie uh, scene, is the mentor Batman, where he's he's helping the heroes along mm-hmm. to do the right things. So. Yeah, and it's like a brand new Flash, which I like. Yes. You know, it's like, I kept thinking, like, we already have the Flash TV show, why do we need a flash in a movie and how's it going to be different and like very clearly they kind of showed how it could be different yeah yeah. uh you have a flash he's trying to do it on his own he doesn't have a whole team of backup scientists helping him do it he's trying to do it on his own he's still learning it even looks like he's still kind of learn just how to run right right (laughs) he looks kind of ungangly you know like like he's not just because flash runs fast doesn't mean he's a trained sprinter right well, and then they and they show. I kind of like certain, that. Yeah, they show him when he's running really fast and everything's you know sh- showing a slow to him, like that he's like looking around trying to figure out where where his next step should be, and he he does screw up a couple of times. He like trips over something and everything else. Yeah. Um. This the scene where Superman like follows him. Oh, I loved that. And I love his face. Yeah. That got such a reaction in my theater. Like, yeah. Everybody was like, whoa! And it just shows <laughs> that, that really Superman's cool. really fast also, which the post-credit, oh, I love that. <laughs> that post-credit scene. Oh, so classic. So, so classic. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bet you could, you, I mean, Mike Myers must have peed his pants. Yeah. Like, I at that <laughs> loved that scene. I was like, oh my God, they're going to show Superman and Flash racing each other. And, and just like the comics, you don't know who's going to win. Yeah, it's just especially early comics. Yeah, because yeah. that was always kind of a question. But right. I mean, if, if you want to get into the debate, debate, it's always going to be Flash. It's it should be. Flash. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is early Flash too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he's still learning how to manipulate the speed yeah. force and everything. So I'm like, yeah, that's believable. That's cool. I always loved. I think it was Jeff Johns that did it, where uh, Superman was like, you know, we've done these races before, and and Flash turns to him and says, yeah, but Clark, those were for charity, and. Uh, and yeah. then he just beats him like nobody. Like he's he takes off before Superman can even blink. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's what the Flash <laughs> would do. That's that's what it should be. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Um, like, there's a whole other gear he wasn't even yeah. you know tapping into. That makes um, sense. I loved uh, I loved the Wonder Woman movie so much, and I loved Wonder Woman in this movie. The scene with yeah. the, the bank robbery and the uh, well, it wasn't a robbery, but it, she thought it was a robbery at first. But where the guy had the C4 strapped to himself, and he goes and sh- goes to shoot the captives, and she goes flying down and blocks every single one with her bracelet yeah. like that i was like that is wonder woman that is awesome no it's like you take uh a couple of the moments from batman versus superman a couple of the big fight you know uh moments where they're like infiltrating that town yeah uh and wonder woman and where she like busts into that room and takes all those dudes yeah. out and she's all, like throwing a whip around and tossing yeah. tanks and stuff and then th- that moment in the bank yeah. and uh uh, just a few others. I'm just like they nailed this. Yes. Like I had no idea how it would come out when I first heard there'd be a Wonder Woman movie. I thought and it had been it had been it had been so start and stop. You know, like yeah. they had had screen you know the the screenplays before and didn't quite happen. They tried a pilot TV show and that was lame and it was like man. And then you know you hear it's gonna come out and then you see pictures of Gal Gadot and you're like, well she's pretty, but I, is she big right. enough to be Wonder Woman? Right. You know, it, how how believable is this? But Oh, geez, since it's come out, I'm just like, I will tell so, you, here's so another good. controversial statement. That is my Wonder Woman now. Like, bar yeah. none, like, I know people love Linda Carter. I do too. Um, you know, all that, but this is, this is Wonder Woman. And the coolest thing about it is Gal Gadot is like a real life Wonder Woman. She's like been in the Israeli <laughs> military and she's like super smart and like, and, and she's obviously beautiful. Like she's all the things that Wonder Woman is. She just doesn't have the actual superpowers of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I loved her. Um, so here's something I didn't like in the movie at first until the very end. And then I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Cyborg. Yeah. I, I didn't, I felt like he looked too much like a transformer. Um, yeah, the Michael Bay transformers. Yeah, yeah, the design. I was like, it's too. Why? I was like, why do they keep wanting to make these these CG metal things like super detailed with lots of bendable parts and all that jaggedy edges. Jaggedy and edges. Don't, yeah. don't feel like it's any kind of specific form. Yes. you know, even yeah. yes. And then I saw the end of it of the movie where yeah. he morphs it more into he starts morphing it into the cyborg we know where it's smooth pieces and everything else. Yeah, it's all chromed like, out. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, he's just now getting control of his cybernetic parts." Yeah. So, so that's why he was all jaggedy before because he didn't really have complete control. And now he's getting complete control and now maybe the next movie we're going to actually see cy- the cyborg that we know which is more smoothed out and everything else. Yeah. No, I, uh, and then, uh, his whole booyah line at the end. Yeah. I dug that because yeah. that's like just straight up from the, the cartoons. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, so that, that was fun. That was a no, fun little nod without being yeah. too over the top. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think we've, we've kind of covered it. I really liked it. You know, no movie's perfect. Yeah. But I think it's, it's a, especially in hindsight, I like it much better than Batman versus Superman. Yes. Yes. I think that there are moments in Batman vs. Superman I actually love, with yeah. especially with Batman taking on the warehouse. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. so many great moments like that. Yeah. But overall, that movie is like, there's a few moments I really love. And it's like, uh, you know, I'll watch the movie. Yeah. Um, but this, I really like the movie, and there's only a couple things about it that I'm like, oh, and I could I do this, without that. But I thought this the story was much stronger and everything, too. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And I will. And there, this uh, Justice League had another post-credit scene that was awesome that made me very excited um, with the whole Lex Luthor, oh, yeah. Deathstroke, and everything yeah. else. So I thought that was awesome. I will tell you my favorite comedic moment in Justice League, like we were talking with Thor and everything else. My favorite comedic moment was when uh, it was discovered that Aquaman was sitting on Wonder Woman's lasso. Oh, that was so good. Because he started talking and he started saying like all these things, and you're like, why is he like? At first, you're just like, okay, he's like he's, really opening up, right? Yeah. Like at first, you're just like, okay, he's just saying some things that are on his mind because that's what he does, and then yeah. he starts getting a little too open about things and i'm like it's like really personal personal, inner feelings and stuff and then all of a sudden it's like uh yeah you find out he's sitting on the lasso of truth so that's why he's been saying all these (laughs) things (laughs) and that was a like subtle thing i thought it was really cool so it It was a way to get into aquaman's feeling i think it was a good writing yeah because there's a way to get into like some of his motivations and his feelings that he's never going to express right but it gave him another dimension he wasn't just a cookie cutter like yeah surfer dude you know like hey bro they, you know like yeah. the whole movie well they totally did make him like frat boy aquaman but uh I, yeah so to so me that was like mm, i could have done a, with a little less of that yeah. but at the same time he's not quite king arthur you know like right. of the sea he's not he, so he's got some room to grow as well yeah Mira so i'm curious awesome. yeah well, that, i mean she was so comic accurate the way she yeah. looked her powers yeah. like that's got me pumped yeah so um now there was apparently there's a lot of uh, a whole lot of um, deleted scenes and cut footage, obviously because you know a lot of it was filmed by Zack Snyder, and then um, with his kind of you know kind of family issues and, yeah. and things that happened, he stepped aside, and then Joss Whedon comes in. Yep. They did so they were just going to do a few pickups, but they did so many reshoots. Yeah. Uh, because Joss Whedon kind of wanted to put this together. Yeah. Through his sense of storytelling, he wasn't he wasn't just brought in to finish a movie. He was brought in to kind of bring his his spin on it too. Um, so there is actually this whole side through kind of side thread of, um, oh, um, Arthur's dad, you know, yeah. the, the previous King of Atlantis. Yeah. And it shows flashbacks like of, of him. And he's wearing like the gold top and the oh, green okay. like pants and stuff. And, so, and he had long blonde hair. Yeah. And so he was, he was very much like the Arthur of the comic books. And then seeing Mara of the comics too, like, I think, you know, it would have been too complex and too much to yeah. throw into this movie. Yeah. But as a cool, like, added bonus feature or, or deleted scene, like, that's worth seeing because that yeah. it looks really cool. Well, and there was the mandate to make it around two hours, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if it was up to Zack Snyder, it would have been two hours and 40 minutes. And yeah. then there would have been another, like, extended cut. Yeah, yeah. And I would have liked it. Yeah. I would have wanted that. But yeah. uh, I, for me, I just want more. Like, so yeah. I don't mind a three-hour movie. But I, don't I don't either. That's not that's not the general public either. Right. I don't mind it as long as it's good. I do mind it when I'm like, okay, this wasn't good, and I have to sit here for two more hours. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, what, what was the last movie you saw that was like that? Not very many. Um, now, I had seen, not not at the theater, because yeah. I'm pretty picky about what I go to the theater for. I am too, yeah. But I saw, have you seen Valerian? Not yet. I, I will probably watch it just because I feel like I need to watch it, but I'm not excited about that movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I accidentally bought it. <laughs> like <laughs> like was, it showed up in your cart? <laughs> no, well, I was trying to, re- like, I just started using Voodoo. Okay. And uh, and moving some of my, like, digital collection that direction. Yeah. And I was trying to rent it, and I confirmed oh, okay. to buy it. And not just buy it, 
buy it digitally. But I bought it digitally and had a DVD like Blu-ray delivered to my home. I'm like, <laughs> what the crap? I just spent $25 on this thing. I'm like, dang it. So I'm like, well, now I'm really going to watch it, and this better be good. And right. oh my gosh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last movie I saw where I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And I, I forget, I watched that, and maybe another. There was something else I watched where the dialogue is just. I will tell you. So bad. It's so miscast. The dialogue's horrible. I like the concepts. It's worth watching just to be like, oh my, oh my gosh, Robert spent $25 on this. (laughs) I will tell you the, the movie that I saw recently that I wasn't as impressed because I was expecting something different or better was, uh, Atomic Blonde. Uh, Oh yeah. I was expecting it to be like the female John Wick movie. Yeah. And it wasn't. And the fight yeah. scene, the fight scenes are awesome. The they fight are. scenes are amazing, yeah. but the plot is very cliched. It's very basic, and the dialogue isn't that great. Um, yeah, I would agree with all that. Yeah, I watched it recently too, so I would agree with all that. It's not not a bad movie. But no, again, again, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I totally agree with that. So I'll watch Valerian before the next time we get together, and we can <laughs> talk about that one. <laughs> I'll watch it again just because I need to get my money's worth right. out of this thing. But I don't know if I could take it. Maybe I'll listen to the the commentary. So then when we talk again after you've seen it, I right. can bring some stuff to the conversation that's like go. behind the scenes. There okay. you go. All right. So you ready to talk some wish books since we're already like an yeah. hour or so into this? Well, you knew this was going to happen. This is right. the first time we've talked in like six long, months. So. Right. <laughs> All right. Cool. And we, and we both know how to talk. So um, Yeah, that's true. But uh yeah. So uh just to let you know where we're at, we're, uh, so if you go into the wishbookweb.com and you go to where the catalogs are, uh, there is, uh, one for 1980, uh, which is where we're gonna be, and this might be the only one we cover this episode. <laughs> it might have to be, we gotta right. do another one of these soon. Right. So I will say what I, what my thought is, is that, uh, much like we need to get back to doing the, the cartoon episodes and, and finish off the movie episodes, I think what we'll do is once the, cause we're getting close to being done with the movies, uh, uh-huh. I think once the movies are done, we'll jump back into the wish book, uh, stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So, it could be a regular segment for exactly, us. Exactly, exactly. So, alright, so we are on page, uh, so this, go back to what Robert was saying as far as these <laughs> things being the size that could kill somebody. Um, yeah. this 1980s catalog was 578 pages. Uh, when you look at the ones from the 1930s, it was like a hundred some pages. So they've, <laughs> they've increased quite a bit. Well, this is like the eighties. I mean, this is all consumerism right. and product. And... Right. Um, so we're on page 380 of 578 pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason I wanted to do this page, uh, is there were some pages of toys before this, but it was, it was a lot of dolls and yeah, just a couple else. dolls. Yeah. And I didn't have a whole lot to say about those, but this has the, uh, Barbie dream house on it. Uh, which I had as a kid. No, uh, <laughs> in a way I did. My sister had this as a kid. Yeah. Uh, this is the exact one that she had as a kid. And I'm pretty uh, sure, cool. uh, because I recognize some of the furniture in here that she, cause you had two choices. You had complete with furniture for $99.99. Oh yeah. Or without furniture for $77.77. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, they really liked uh, st- sticking with the same number. Um, <laughs> so she had she had the, the with the furniture and everything. Uh, and I remember the thing was huge. Uh, I don't know if your sisters had this at all or not, but um, 
No, we we didn't go for the big play sets, but I mean, it's they show a little photograph of these two little girls. Yeah. Playing with it, and I would guess that they're like anywhere between like six and seven years old or something. Right. Right. And I'm sure they're sitting on their knees, but still, the house is as tall as them. Yeah. So it, this is at least three feet tall. Yeah. And I would assume, I mean, probably at least three feet wide. So yeah. maybe almost a little wider. So, yeah. I mean. My dad actually made a small, like, table with short legs to put this thing on. And he put, like, so <laughs> you heard about what my dad did with the USS flag, putting it on the, <laughs> the, the dolly with the wheels yeah. and everything else. So for this, what he did, he made a small little table and put, like, uh, AstroTurf grass type of thing, like, on it. <laughs> so this way the house sat on a on on a lawn. On grass, yeah. Yeah. Um That's and pretty I, awesome. And I think yeah, the, so this uh so like I said, my sister got this and, and she of course would want because we were we lived on a main road so there was wasn't you know a whole lot of neighborhood kids that we got to know or anything like that. So I of course had to play sometimes with her and she mm-hmm. hated me because um <laughs> I would take Ken and make him say he can't take it anymore from Barbie and he would go to the top of the Barbie dream house and jump <laughs> off. Goodbye, cruel world. Right. <laughs> and then, like, that's the end of Ken. Right. <laughs> and the Barbie Dream House, if I, if I remember right, had an elevator in it, too. Uh, so that middle section there. Oh, like, yeah. There's like it, an yeah. elevator that goes up and down and everything else. So, <laughs> so he would take the elevator to the top, then he would climb the little lattice in the back there. And there was a skylight. And you were really elaborate. About yeah, it. and there was a skylight there, and he would pop open the skylight and climb out, <laughs> jump off. And then uh, uh, my sister did have the pink Corvette that they show here. Yeah, um, that's so a pretty stylish-looking car. I like the look of the yellow one, but yeah, that's the remote control that's one. That's the remote control one. She did not have the remote control one. so That's pretty sweet-looking, um, actually. So she had the she had the pink Corvette, so when Ken would jump off, she would pretend like the pink Corvette turned into a flying car and would save him. <laughs> so, yeah, come on, that's totally not believable. It was, well, it was before Shield with their <laughs> flying cars, so. Oh, yeah. Or mask sister, or whatever. Yeah, my sister totally invented that, so. Nice. Um, yeah, so, so there was that. Um, going into the next page, she definitely had some, oh, she had, yes, she did have the, I think it's the tennis, uh, pen. <laughs> Those are some short shorts, Ken. I don't short know what shorts. I to say. But he also had the shaving thing. So you could shave Ken. <laughs> she had that. I remember that. Uh, that so, crazy wavy hair. Yes. Like that Donny Osmond hair. Yes. Then, uh, 382, I don't think she had any of that stuff. That was like the world of fashion. It's the, yeah. it's the Barbie knockoffs. Uh, but then on page, uh, 383, uh, strawberry shortcake. She definitely had some of the dolls because those things. They're like the, they're kind of like stuffed. Yes. Uh, she had the ones that they're marked number seven, uh, eight, nine, and ten. So oh, okay, yeah, little, yeah. Little, they were actually little figurines or little figures. They were, sen- they were scented, right? Right. Yes, they were scented. They stunk everything up. Um, <laughs> but she, I think she had blueberry muffin and strawberry shortcake. She may have had huckleberry pie, but I don't think she had apple dumpling. So maybe she did have apple dumpling because I remember the turtle, but. Oh yeah. She at least she at least had strawberry shortcake and blueberry muffin. I remember those very vividly because because you remember the smell. Yeah. Like scent has such a vivid yes nostalgia. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so skipping ahead, there's a bunch of doll houses. Um, just in general, this catalog when we started from the beginning, I was yeah. flipping through it just from the beginning. Yeah. 
And uh, it just, just again, a wave of nostalgia. Just the oh, general, yeah. like, there were so many just around the house things. Yes. And it's fun just to flip through this catalog. It's like, oh, my gosh, my grandma had that. Or my, yeah. my uncle had that. Or yeah. it's just weird things hanging on the walls. Like, my aunt had that uh, stand-up candy machine, you know, oh, like a, yeah. a bubblegum dispenser, but she had peanuts in it. And I was like, this is it just brought back so many weird memories I'd completely forgotten about yeah. just by flipping through this or like catalog. like old stereo systems you would see in here and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's fun to flip through. And it was earlier, too, that they had, uh, there was Empire Strikes Back, uh, uh, like, comforter and bed sheets and everything. Oh, I didn't see those yet. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Because uh, obviously 18, 1980 was the year that Empire Strikes Back came out. So oh. um, I will say there was also some very disturbing things in this catalog. Like on page 387, the Ronald McDonald uh, oh, is the creepiest looking thing ever. Like that's one of those He's things. Like, Wee! like that's one of those things. Like if it was in your room, you wouldn't want to go to sleep. Now, can you imagine that sitting on your shelf? No. Like <laughs> no. you turn off the light. No, that's what I'm saying. That thing would kill me in my sleep, and I'm not. I'm not having that. Um, and I don't know. We might see it later. It may have been in the pages before, but did you see the ventriloquist dummies? Oh my gosh, that Ronald McDonald was 20 inches tall. Yes, it was. What? Yeah. That thing's cr- that's that two foot tall. Oh my gosh, yeah, that would be the creepiest. Oh, and then the ventriloquist. Yeah, no, skip that page. Moving oh right on. Oh my god, I saw those things. I was like, these are the ones that horror movies are made from. <laughs> Why would you get that for a child? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Creepy. So, so it's page 389 has the ventriloquist dummies, and there's yeah, like. The one that's uh, number uh, letter B, number B, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna look at it. It's Danny O'Day. Just, just so you know. Danny O'Day. <laughs> he. That's the one that they made uh, like uh, the slasher movies from. I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I saw that and very quickly moved on. Yeah, so I'm already on page 391. Okay. <laughs> 392. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's all Barbie head manicure stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going to page. 394, I'm pretty sure we had the Mickey Mouse cookware canister and tea Oh, set. yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember those pots. Yeah. I remember those little pots, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I don't know if we had one of the ones that's in here, but I know we had, uh, like, the little kitchen set that they show here. Like, they show these, yeah. these ones where it's like a fake stove and fake fridge and everything else. I know we had one. I don't know if it's one of the ones that we're seeing here that we had. Um, but if you go to page, you're going to love this. If you go to page 396, to go mm-hmm. along with the kitchen, I know we had number six and number seven, which are the 18-piece oh, yeah, refrigerator food. set and the 24-piece box and can assortment, which was all the <laughs> fake food. They were like just total hard plastic. Yeah, just little plastic hot dogs and yeah. Coke bottles and stuff. Yeah. Yep. So Yeah, those were always floating around. I remember oh, those. Yeah. Those were fantastic. Uh, let's see. Moving ahead, there's the. I remember even that plastic had a smell to it. Oh yeah. Because I remember, I remember chewing on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because <laughs> so you had to pretend like, like you were it. eating it, right? I know. Yeah, I remember chewing on this, and yeah. it drove my sisters crazy. Now we got to go to page uh, 399, which okay. had one of my favorite things that my sister had, and I got to reap the benefits of. She had the Betty Crocker Easy Bake Mini oh. Wave Oven. <laughs> yeah, we never had that. We never. Oh had that. yeah, I we. I wish we did. We had that where it was basically a light bulb inside of a box that cooked whatever was in there. 
Uh, <laughs> and made brownies and little cakes and stuff like that. And she'd be like, do you want yeah. me to make you a cake? I'm like, hell yeah, I want you yeah. to make me a cake. <laughs> <laughs> then my dad would hit me for saying hell. And, you know, and then she'd right. be like, well, since you're crying, do you want me to make you a brownie too? And I'd be like, you're damn right. I want you to make me a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there's also the, uh, I don't think we had this, but I do remember this being out there. It was the, uh, Play-Doh, uh, like barber shop thing, bar, uh, barber and beauty shop where you would squeeze the hair out of the little um, figures and cut them. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember commercials for it. Now see, we're talking 1980 and it was like, I was, I was obviously, I'm a little younger than you, not, right. not much, but, right. but I, uh. So this kind of stuff. You were two. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, well, I was one. So I was you like, were one. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was born in '79, so yeah. I was little. But uh, enough of these things like lingered through the toy chest, yeah. you know, and were passed down kind of thing. Because I had my two oldest sisters, so you know, by the time that I, so Elaine is eight years older than me, so it's like by the time, you know, I was like two or three, she was growing out of this stuff, yeah. right? And it was getting trashed, you know, but or it was kind of passed down, and and but it was just boys after my two oldest sisters, so yeah. I remember a lot of this stuff, but um, it's not like I ever saw it brand new kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I was like, I was uh, four, turning five in 1980. In fact, by the time this wish book would have came out, I would have been five years old. So yeah. uh, again, like we talked about, I they had a folder on me uh, at all the toy companies that was like, okay, <laughs> he's five, and then when the 80s end, he's gonna be 15. He is our target market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you were prime prime demographics, man. right? So uh, uh, also on page uh, four hundred, I we definitely had this as a kid. It was number one, which was the kitchen set. Oh yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Like you would turn the burners on. Yes. So the burners would be clear, and you turn the little dial, and this the this neon red thing would rise up to make it look like there was fire underneath. Them. Yeah, it was hot. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. I remember that thing. I never had the Snoopy snow cone machine. Uh, I always wanted. <sighs> yeah, I remember seeing like commercials, or I don't know, maybe friends had it or something. Yeah. Um, I will say on page four hundred two, uh, I did have the uh, animal hand puppet. <laughs> that's awesome uh and i think we had the big bird that they show there as well i like how they've posed him like yes. he's just chilling out like right. got his legs crossed right he's all formal right <laughs> like when does he ever sit like that <laughs> right right uh let's see going in okay so then going there's some baby toys here but there's a couple i wanted to or at least one i wanted to mention no there's two i wanted to mention because i remember them and i think almost every household probably had these damn things um on page 405 they had the beads and rings. Oh, geez, yeah. Where you'd piece so them the together. rings that you would stack on top of each other that had like a center pole, and, right. and the the rings were like different sizes rainbow, to get smaller as went up. Colors and, and everything. Yeah. yeah, and you'd pop those little chain things together. Yeah, everybody had those. Oh, and yeah. Then the, and then I also had oh my the, gosh, yeah. had the chatter telephone, uh, which you would roll and it would make and its eyes oh, would yeah. move and yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it was a little roll. He had a smiley oh face. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what, I, what I'm realizing is I think a lot of these toys we either had at our house or was in like the nursery at my church or whatever. But oh yeah. And either way, like almost every single one of the things on this page I distinctly remember. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I remember the little clock that they're showing, the musical teaching clock. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the little whatever that, thing. was that like a, it was like a 
what was that thing? It made music as you pushed it around. Right. Is it supposed to be like the a mil- It's called the Melody Push Chime. Okay. Um, so it's not supposed to be like a lawnmower or anything. No. It's just, you just push it around and it makes noise. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I remember too, there was also the one where it was like, it was similar to that <laughs> where it had the two wheels, but then in the middle it was like the, the pop-up thing. It would have like little, little marbles yeah. in there oh, and the yeah, clear yeah, dome pop, and yeah. they'd pop up and everything. Yeah. I feel like those were in every household as well. Um, All right, so on this thing, 406, yeah. couple things. I mean, this was like my age, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> In 1980, that's right. how old I was. And you vividly remember these things. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. No, 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 I'm sure it was more like I saw my younger brothers playing with the same crap. Right. But who in the right mind would put that clown, clown. on a crib? <laughs> that's why kids our age are scared of clowns. Right. That thing right there. Because you want to scar your child. Yeah. It's called a busy peekaboo. Right. That's creepy. It is very creepy. I don't want that now. I'm Jeez, I know. I exactly. Let's keep keep moving along. Keep moving along. I remember the busy or the baby driver thing. What is that? Oh, What's yeah, that called? Yeah. Right. You know, just like those little things. I mean, I'm I, I don't know if I remember this one specifically, but just like stuff. Oh my gosh! And then the uh, the Disney you know the heads that would pop up yes. if you turn certain things. I yeah, remember those. The Disney busy uh, poppin' pal surprise box. Yeah, you turn <laughs> something, they would their head would pop up, which should have been disturbing also. But um, I do remember. I don't think we had this, but somebody had it. The on page uh, three or four three four oh eight. We're gonna go backwards. Four oh eight. Yeah. Uh, the Big Bird ride on. Uh, <laughs> which is basically like Big Bird, you'd hold him by his ears almost, and yeah. uh, it's Big Bird's head, and then you'd sit on like a like a I don't know, like a little horse type thing, and it had wheels at the bottom, and you just scoop along with. He would like feet. push along. Look yeah. at that girl's eyes; it's like demon eyes. Oh yeah, they're just like completely black contacts. You know, like whenever <laughs> yeah. you see a whenever you see a supernatural movie or a TV yeah. show and somebody you know is definitely a demon, like right. their eyes are completely black, that's this little girl. Well, that's, the show. that's the show Supernatural. The demon, whenever you, yes. they show up, they have completely blacked out eyes. So, yeah. That's that girl. Yep. That's her. All right, moving along. Right, moving that along. Crazy. Let's see. Oh, uh, on page, a couple things on here, page 410. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely had the shopping basket. Yeah, I think uh, I remember that one. Too. Yeah, that... And that sucker was durable. It was made of like hard plastic. Like, Jeez, really you can drop kick it, throw yeah. it out the second floor window. It doesn't yep. matter. Doesn't matter. And speaking of durable, I had number eleven and number twelve, which is the uh, skip, lo- skip loader and the dump truck. And man, I would beat the hell out of those things. <laughs> were those things metal? No, they were like that hard plastic, like the shopping cart. Oh was. yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, you couldn't destroy those things, which was good because I was <laughs> I was beating them up. Um, and then on page 411, again, something I think was in every household was numbers three, four, or five, which were the, yeah. uh, the, you know, the C and say where you, you pull the string and the arrow spins around and it points to one of the animals and be like, the cow says, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, everyone um, those. yeah, I do definitely remember that now on 412. Number nine, did you have an electric toothbrush? I did not, but I want I didn't know that these were made. I I didn't know that they made electric toothbrushes. I want the Empire Strikes Back electric toothbrush. I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) It looks kind of like a lightsaber. It does. 
It also looks like it. It also looks like a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that does not look like the finished article. Right. It's like clear plastic. That doesn't right. make sense. Um, now, I also had in on page four thirteen, uh, Alfie the robot tells all. Uh, which it was a. I remember either commercials or somebody else had that. That was yeah. like that was. Yeah, we never. It, had it was like one of those that. learning games. You know, yeah. And it, and it would buzz or whatever when it, you got stuff right or whatever. Um, but I remember, I remember enjoying that. Now I didn't have number five, which was the big, uh, the big, big tool bench, but I, it's had, like a, like a wooden tool bench, you know, yeah. like, like kids, kids, you know, tools. I anybody who's like listening to this, as soon as you'd see that picture, you'd recognize yeah, it. Yeah. Like it was always around. It's those plastic tools and stuff. Like I had mm-hmm. the plastic tools. I didn't have this big tool bench, but I had the plastic tools. Uh, you yeah. know, there'd be the orange screwdriver. It was totally made out of <sighs> plastic and everything else. So. Um, you know, I keep I keep scrolling through pages. I'm like, man, when do we get to the cool toys? But I, then <laughs> I keep seeing things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I grew up with that thing around. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I'm looking at page 414, number four. Yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so number four is the wind up record player plays music box tunes. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's like this. It was like a it was like a record player that was like maybe a foot square you know right. basically it wasn't huge but it's like four or five inches tall and you had these plastic discs like records you know obviously but smaller they're maybe only five or six inches wide yeah different colors really thick plastic yeah and it would, it would actually play music but it was like a yeah. like a like a fisher price record player basically yeah yeah except way way not because we'll get to the fisher yes. price record player later uh, <laughs> yeah no no joke yeah. But, this was uh, a cheaper one yeah i also had uh, yeah because this wouldn't play real records it would just play these these plastic records that they gave you that make yeah exactly um so on the same page i also had number five which is the doctor set which mm-hmm. has stethoscope and everything else and i i swear that stethoscope worked um <laughs> And had like a blood pressure thing and everything else. Uh, definitely had number seven, which was the drill set. Uh, yeah, which, I remember that drill. Yeah. And we had number eight, which was the, uh, cash register. Oh, uh, yeah, we never had that. We had, we had number 10, which was the little. Yeah. And then we had. Xylophone thing. Yeah, the xylophone. We had number 11, which was the drum set. <laughs> which was so awesome because the drum would open up and that, and you could store the cymbals and the tambourine and, oh. <laughs> and the maracas inside the drum and then you'd open it up and pull that stuff out and you had a whole band ready to go. So, oh yeah, dude. So that was awesome. Um, on page, uh, 415, I definitely had number three. We had like that farmer, Fisher yes. Price farmer set. That's what I was going to say. I think every yeah. kid had the farmer set. You had to. That yeah, I think silo so. would I open think up, I, and you could put. I all remember the, the in car there. one, number two. I don't remember any of the other ones, like I fire station or anything like that. Yeah, we had the car one also. Yeah, number two yeah. was the action garage. Two where, and three, where you'd you'd put the car into the elevator, you'd roll up the elevator, crank up the elevator, and then it would, when it reached the top, it would spill out and go down the ramp. Well, even number one, the house. I think I remember that, like at the church or oh, maybe okay. a friend's house or something like that. Yeah, but like that was like a, you, it would snap together and you could carry it around, have like a little handle at the top of them. And I don't remember, like I remember there being a dinging noise when you went past the gas station and stuff like that. But oh they, yeah, but they show for the farm one, they show it going moo, and I'm like, I don't remember that thing mooing. I think it's when you opened the door. And oh, that's when right. you open the door. I think it like clicked a sound. Yeah. I don't know how, how I don't know mechanically how they worked it out, but yeah, if yeah. you open the door, it would go move. You're you know. totally right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Go into page 417, unless you have something on 416. No, no. That's so 417, I definitely had the 
number two, which is the Aero Marine Search Team, right. <laughs> uh, which they title, let's see on here, the Fisher Price, the Octopus Hoards the Sunken Treasure, uh, which is a whole set. It came with a helicopter. Wow, that's a big set. A cage, which the helicopter could pick up. And the, there's a little, you can see a little black oh, button on the familiar. side there. There's uh-huh. a little black button on the side. You push that button, and the blades on the helicopter would spin. Um, and then there's mm. the scuba diver and the helicopter pilot and the octopus, which was like a gelatinous type octopus. It was oh, so yeah. awesome. And then the submarine thing, which on the back had little, um, had a little, uh, pincer thing. And when you push the thing on the back, the pincers in the oh, front would move. Oh, that's right. And the up. front would move. Yeah. Now that would really float, wouldn't it? Yes. Like you it put that move. on the water and yes. float. Yes. And when I got older, uh, just a little bit older and G.I. Joe came out, I used these things for my G.I. Joe. <laughs> Sweet. Like the, the submarine thing, I didn't have the shark. This became my shark. Hey! So, hey! <laughs> so, torpedo! Hey, everybody! And Deep Six in there. <laughs> so, um. Alright, so all I right. didn't have anything else on that one. 418, no. that was the, like, the high, high yes. quality record player. Price. And that was in, like, another plastic case that you could literally drop kick down the street. Yes. But this <laughs> is a. Sturdy carrying. This was a true record player, though, because this, yeah. on this record player is the first time I heard the song, uh, Get Back by the Beatles. I oh, think. cool. Because I remember my sister and I, we would play, so this is funny. My sister and I would play, uh, Get Back by the Beatles, and every time in the song, like, we would play this game where you were sitting on the couch, and then you would try to get off the couch, and every time they said get back, you had to jump backwards back into the couch. <laughs> And they say get back a lot in that song. So we were having a blast, like basically, basically ramming the couch back into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Destroying the house. Right. Now this also played those really small, like whatever size it was, you know, four or five, six inch little records. And I didn't have it, I don't think, but number five, I remember using that. It was like these Disney books and they had little discs inside them and you'd have this little mouse looking uh, thing that you'd put over it and it would actually tell the story with like goofy in it and everything else. oh that's weird yeah i've never seen that yeah so let's see uh next thing like 419 the only thing i remember is that t- typewriter okay i remember, I remember um, the typewriter and then next page nothing stands nothing out there. there uh nothing really i mean this is still all really young kid stuff yeah. like I, I am kind of anxious to get to the cooler stuff yeah but, uh, uh, I will say I didn't have this, but on page 423, one of the most disturbing toys ever was my uh, puppy Puddles, uh, which is the <laughs> dog that would drink the water and then pee on pee. the paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we never had that. Yeah, I never had it, but I remember the commercials for that, and I was like, no, that's just wrong. And I knew that as a five-year-old kid that that was just wrong. Number 10 looks like a sweet truck that I would have liked, but yes. we never had that. No. With like a talking CB, that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. Now on the next page there, page 424, uh, the only thing I wanted to mention, you know, how you were talking about like at the church or at daycare and stuff like that. Oh, I think man. every I place exactly you're talking about. had number seven, which was the, uh, bricks. That, oh, I thought you were going to say number two, which had the bristle blocks. Oh, yeah. I Cause those things would all blocks. snap together yes. and they're different shapes and stuff. But yeah, number seven, I didn't have as much experience with those, but I remember kind of. Yeah. You know, passed down, all beat up, and like the, the paper on the edges of them is all peeling off. I remember they had that at the preschool I went to. So. <laughs> uh, 
But I do remember the bristle blocks, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, skipping ahead a little bit here. We're getting into the Matchbox, which I was never so, a Matchbox person. I was always a Hot Wheels person. Yeah, me either. Four, 426, so it's all just, but basically little cars. Like, I never yeah. had the play sets. We would always get little cars for Christmas, birthdays, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Now, I will say, when we get to 429, and we get into the Hot Wheels, I did have the play set that they showed there. Wow, which one? The, the Hot Wheels Service Center, which oh uh, yeah, which would close up into a carrying case, so you could put your Hot Wheels into the garages there, and then you close it up, and you'd have you'd have this whole set. Man, that is looking so familiar, or something like that. Maybe we'll see yeah. something like that in the in the next year yeah. or two or whatever, looking yeah. at catalogs. But I definitely had that that uh, service center. I loved that. Yeah. Thing, so. Uh, then skipping ahead, there's definitely some stuff here, like on the pages ahead that I didn't have, but definitely would have worked for GI Joe later. <laughs> uh, some of the figures. And those trucks, Jeep. man, like the, oh yeah, the, like 430, like the Jeeps and stuff like that, man. Those yeah. would have been, you know, those would have been like heavy duty or like the, the Bronco looking yeah. trucks, man. Those you know, there sweet. was metal built into those things. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could, yeah. Or like the semi, you know, on page 432. Right. Oh, no, you know what? Are, are you, so 432, I remember that top thing that had like, it was a whole eight-piece oh, set yeah. of like a Jeep that pulled a trailer that you could put motorcycles on. Yeah. And then um, it had another like Trans Am car. Yeah. It was all a big set. I remember that it was floating very, around. Yeah, I didn't have that, but I, I remember that. And I remember it, like now looking at it, it looks very like Smokey and the Bandit type of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, like like the Fall Guy type yeah, truck. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yep. my older brother must have gotten that because I I remember kind of getting passed down. To me. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, uh, jumping ahead to uh, four thirty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the uh, Team America Super Stunt Dirt Bike set. Uh, <laughs> I did not have, because they came out with the Evil Knievel one. I did not have the Evil Knievel one. I, oh, okay. I had this one, which was the generic Evil Knievel. And you'd ramp that thing up, and, and then the sucker would just go, and you'd ram it in the walls <laughs> and jump it off of buildings. And, and again, it would it was super durable. It would last forever. So Yeah. I remember at a friend's house, I remember seeing those motorcycle guys floating around, but they had long since lost the thing that would shoot them. <laughs> so I was just like, it's a cool motorcycle, but you couldn't really do much with it. Um, on page 436, I remember having this, uh, number three, the construction site fun. Oh, yeah. It was, so there's a motorized base that goes mm-hmm. around this track. And when it would reach certain points, it would detach its top portion and then go and move into the, another top portion. So that dump truck would move into an area and then the the little orange bottom part would go and grab uh it would fall under underneath the scooper thing scooper thing would go over and pick up more marbles and then it would move it over to another area that then moved it like basically you were transporting the same marbles around and around and around and around <laughs> but it was all <laughs> we keep ryan busy right it was all motorized though <laughs> so it was fun watching it um and then, uh, I'm sure we'll see way more like Hot Wheels tracks going forward again oh, yeah. in, in the next couple of years. But I, yeah, we definitely had those, a couple of those tracks. Yeah. And then going on to page, uh, 437. Uh, this is like movie monsters, movie you know, monsters. like there's, there's the classic, uh, number six was the Godzilla, uh, mighty menacing monster. That's the one that you could shoot, you could shoot his fists out and everything else. <laughs> um, I didn't have him, but I did have, which, I only now realize I had this as a kid and why I don't know. 
the uh, number eight, which is the Grigori, the vampire bat. <laughs> yeah. It was this rubbery bat, and in the middle there, oh yeah, didn't it? Was, it was like blood. It was like, well, did it have a piece that would come off and like reveal that, or was it always like that? I think it was always like that, and you would squeeze it, and you could see the blood pumping inside it. Ooh, chest. gross! That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we did have, somebody had, I don't think we had it, but somebody had Crusher, the growing monster. You'd, you could, uh, crunch him down and then he would slowly build back up into that <laughs> pose. Um, and then we definitely had Sucker Man. Uh, I, I don't know if there was any kids that didn't have at least one version of Sucker Man, which was just, yeah. you'd throw him against glass and he'd stick forever. So. All right, so here we go. Four thirty-eight. This is where things get good. This is where things get really good. So we got the <laughs> Empire Strikes Back toys, which is awesome. Jeez. <sighs> so okay, like I now okay. So I have a vivid memory of getting a Hoth Luke Skywalker. Okay. So there's no way I got that when I was one right. or two. Right. So it must have been a re-release. Probably when I was four or five, because I remember right. it, right? right? You know, they definitely did re-releases, so yeah. so that must have been then. But so it's like we never had any Star Wars toys growing up, none. Wow, and uh, which I just was ridiculous, but we just didn't. Yeah, and I think it's because my two yeah. older sisters. I know Elaine liked it, but she was like still kind of young to go to the movie, or that my parents would have brought her to it. Yeah, I didn't, and have, any, then, I didn't have any Star Wars toys either as a kid. Yeah, so it's just like, it wasn't, yeah, 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 I believe that. Right. So then, uh, but we, yeah, so it just wasn't around. I mean, these look awesome. It's just, yeah. man, I, so, I really wish, like, I could, yeah. Yeah, so I had the uh, the Darth Vader Star Destroyer playset that you see there. <laughs> Jeez, which, what? Which was dumb. It was the dumbest toy <laughs> ever. Because um, the pieces would fall apart. So, like, it looks uh, all nice yeah. here, but, like, that, it doesn't take much for that wall to come back or yeah, come that, off or whatever. That back wall would just fall down, then the whole thing would fall apart, and the little, even the little feet at the bottom, would, yeah. wouldn't stay on. Oh yeah, those kind of look like little bracer pieces for yeah. the flag. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're like they just pop in. Yeah. Um, now the thing that was cool was the if you could get it to stay was the um, that dome part because it was just like an Empire Strikes Back where you'd see yeah. the recharge chamber. It was basically a flashlight with red uh cellophane <laughs> on the outside so this way when you uh, lit it up it looked all glowing and red but as a kid that was cool um yeah so i did not have the millennium falcon uh never did uh i do have the big millennium falcon that they came out with a few years ago oh yeah that I thing's have, awesome yeah i have that one uh and then uh i never realized that they even had this the radio controlled jawa sand crawler i know man I was like, that's awesome. That'd be cool, remote control. I wonder if it was just like, I'm sure those tracks were fake and it just had little rollers on the bottom of it. So it wouldn't have been able to roll over anything unless it was dead flat. Right. But it would have been, (laughs) I would love to see, I mean, they're never going to make it, but I would love to see one that's a bit more all-terrain that they can make now, you know what I mean? Had tracks and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been, that'd be pretty cool. Um, And then the funniest picture ever is putting the dew back in the Hoth set. <laughs> like, what? That's like, a... he's about to fight that Tauntaun. You right. know what I mean? They're like... So I did have the dew back. I did have the Tauntaun. In fact, I had the regular Tauntaun, and I had the Tauntaun that its belly would be cut open. 
Oh, gross. So you could put, so you could put Luke in there. <laughs> Nothing came out of it. But you could, it was designed, it was like this rubbery belly, so this way you could, with a slit in it, so this way you could shove Luke into there. You know, they just really caught on very quickly that, like, the whole point of these toys is to just completely recreate the movies. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, it's neat how they would, yeah, things like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. They would build this toy very specifically for kids to imagine and get to recreate that yeah. one moment. Yep. And they would build a toy around it. That's just crazy. Yep. And I did have the, uh, the Hawk playset that they showed there as well. Uh, the Imperial Attack Base. Um, mm-hmm. I had a few, few, there was like a couple different ones that they did like that. And I definitely had this one that they show here. Um, I know Chuck had the, uh, Droid Factory, uh, that they showed. Cause, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Cause, uh, he was super stoked to have that. Um, and then there's the Imperial Troop Transport, which never appeared in the movie. And oh, interesting. So it was never canon or anything like that. Yeah. But now it is canon because of the show Star Wars Rebels. Oh, right. That's cool. They've actually used this design and everything else. Uh, obviously a little bit different than this, but yeah, uh, but not much different. It, and they've actually used it in Star Wars Rebels. So now this toy is actually true canon. So that's pretty cool. Now yeah. I looking at this droid factory closer to like having that arm in the winch, you know, that yeah. could like grab on things. That would that would have kept me busy all day. Oh yeah, I would have loved I would have loved that kind of stuff. Like see what else I could pick up. Okay, I know just pick it up and move it and drop it there. All right. <laughs> All now, right, next thing. <laughs> yeah. So going to the next page, yes. I'm still like, I need to get a snow speeder. Yeah. Like, it's something I need. I've got my AT-AT walker, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just oh, yeah. need a snow speeder to trip that thing up. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, I saw a video today where it was like, keep uh, Seattle weird. And it was like a guy ro- riding around on a unicycle blowing bagpipes. And he was dressed like uh, um, an X-Wing pilot. <laughs> and and he has fire coming out occasionally out of the back of the bagpipes and he's riding around in a circle with a rope and in the middle there's somebody some buddy or something dressed as an adat walker like it looks like a ballooned up adat walker and he's tying its legs up and he's going around <laughs> and then he knocks it over and then he just wheels off the screen i think i i think i saw that guy when i went to emerald city comic con this is a few <laughs> years back but he was he was on a unicycle and he was dressed as uh Darth Maul. Nice. At the time. Nice. Yeah. So I think there's got to be only one unicyclist right. Star Wars fan that's right. doing these kinds of things. So I did not have the land speeder uh, controlled by sound. I, again, did not even that's know weird. about that. Yeah. I did have a land speeder as a kid. It's got a remote that looks like R2-D2. Yeah. That's um, interesting. I did have a land speeder, but I did not have this particular land speeder. I did have a snow speeder as a kid. Ah, uh, um, that's so cool. Did not have the cloud car set. Uh, uh that was a vehicle I always was like, I don't really get that vehicle. <laughs> and I, I think it's like Lando standing there, he's like, what have we here? Right. He's like checking it out. Yep. Um, I had every action figure you see here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was, okay, so here's the big thing that I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, of, of us doing this. I was a spoiled kid. <laughs> oh, I am well aware of this. Did you have the ca- the carrying case? The yeah, Darth- the Darth Vader carrying case, Jeez. and I had the C three PO carrying. How case. else are you going to put your all your plethora of figures? Right. Well, like, needed, how are you going to hold this? I needed both because I had so many figures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. So let's see. Number uh, large scale fighter, and I did not have the Tie Fighter. I did have Luke Skywalker's X wing fighter. Ah, cool. Um, so that was cool. 
Um, which is probably why I loved the X-Wing, uh, more so when I was, a, especially when I was a kid. I love the Millennium Falcon more now, but. Oh yeah. But the X-Wing is a close second and I absolutely love the X-Wing and I think it's because I had the toy as a kid, so. Yeah. Um, we don't even need to look at the next page at all, which is, uh. Well, I was more. about to say, like. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Yeah, so these are. I think in, in 1980 though. Yeah. That was before the new movies come out. Was this because the? I think they did this solely because Star Wars action figures were selling well. So, because remember, George Lucas is the first one to really like promote merchandise for stuff. Like, yeah, I in mean, the way that sure. he did, and then people were just trying to copy it after that. Uh, for the well, I want, when was the when did the first Star Trek movie come out? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> come, on, come on, Ryan, you're, you're my my Trekkie and no, and, uh, I'm not. I actually was Trekkie here. I was actually just telling someone the other day about how you sent me six episodes to watch <laughs> when I asked for three, <laughs> and I watched. Uh, I, I have watched three of them. Uh, I just still. And don't, your eyes were open to how cool they were. I no, remember this I, vividly. No, I still don't like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the first okay, the first motion picture came out in seventy nine, so it makes sense that there'd be a okay. toy line. Okay. The second one came out in eighty two, so I'm sure there'll be more toys. I was trying to type it yeah. into my phone and I was having a hard time just even typing it, so I'm glad. Oh whatever. Alright, we can skip this page. I didn't have any of that stuff. Okay. So the next page I did have Buck stuff. Rogers, Buck yeah, four forty one. I didn't have much, but I did have some of the figures that we see here. Hmm. Um I had uh I had Buck Rogers and I had uh Twiggy. Or Tweaky, Tweaky, or whatever. Yeah. What? Um, Tweaky. That three and a half foot. No, no, no. Radio controlled no, robot. I had, the, I had the little action figure one in number seven there. Okay. Just no, not the three and a half foot thing. That would have been awesome. I, <laughs> or look, creepy. Yeah. When, yeah. Right. All right. When you look at the action figures, there was like Buck Rogers yeah, yeah. and something. Oh, I see him. So yeah, I yeah. had. I think I may have had all three sets. See, I think the Starfighters would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, those were cool. I did not have those, but those look cool. Um, when it came to uh, Flash Gordon, I did have, I think, all all six of those figures, too. Yeah, so that's I, number nine and ten, that yeah. figure set or whatever. Yeah, because I do remember uh, vividly uh, a few of the figures, so I was like, well, I must have had the full sets then. I remember yeah. all of them except for Ming, the Merciless, but I'm like, I must have had him if I had the other five, so... Man, I love these old action figure cases. Oh, yeah. I'm so nostalgic case. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a book out there. It was done as a Kickstarter by a guy who's done a lot of Kickstarters of this mm-hmm. stuff. And it is all the uh, cases from the 80s. Oh, cool. The action figure cases. Because it had, like, the best artwork on it and stuff. It was yeah. just really I'll have to look it was on fun. The, I'll, look, I'll find the book because I'm pretty sure I have it up here in the room with me. Um, I'll find the book and if I can find, um, if he's selling it on Amazon or something like that, I'll send you the link to, cause I, yeah. think, you, I think you would really like it. It's not a very expensive book at all. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's very cool. Uh, the next page I didn't really, which is page, uh, for those playing along at home, page 442. Um, yeah. I did not have any of these things except for, I think I had the Hulk and Spider-Man that you see there. Yeah. And even as, so these are, so these are the old, like Mego style figures, yeah. Style figures, they're like cloth kind of uh, stuffed. You yeah. know, they're about how tall are they? Six inches tall. Like six inches, yeah. And yeah. Even and as a kid, I did not like these. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're lame, especially compared to 
Well, I mean, there just wasn't any muscle. There wasn't nothing that looked heroic about him. It just right. had the colors and the right. designs. Right. But um, I did like that. Uh, I do like that bat cave that they show there, though. That now they've got cool vehicles. Yeah. Uh, in that, at least you can put Spider-Man in a Corvette. That's right. kind of cool. Right. But uh, otherwise, yeah. I mean, I didn't have any of these. I know that there's some people who are super nostalgic for them. Yeah. But just was a little before our time. Yeah. I'm I'm just not someone that really even enjoyed those. So uh, yeah. I still don't like them. Uh, for uh, like you said, they just don't look very actiony to me. They look like yeah, a like, doll. I mean, they definitely up. look way more like dolls than yeah. action figures. So. Um, but like I said, I do like I do like uh, the Bat Cave that they show there, which was four smaller figures. Uh, yeah. So that looked kind of cool. Um, I did not have it, but it looked cool. Um, and then on the next page there, the one thing that looks kind of neat is that thing that Captain America is in, which is the Gamma Glow machine. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. That looks cool. Are those like little rings that kind of like play off of it? You know how they like yeah, kind of roll wonder, along each other and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I wonder if they kind of move around. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. And then you got your chips figures there. <laughs> your, your chips fi- fix. Now, I did not have anything on page 444, but that, there's a couple of playsets there that look awesome. The Galactic, uh, at Attack Dome, and the Navarone, uh-huh. uh, Storm Up the Cliffs and Defend the Cave. Oh man, just, this is like the era of playsets are just kicking oh, off, God. man. It looks so awesome. That thing looks huge. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess they're like the little army men sized figures that but you even play in so, it, but still it, looks big, yeah. It looks super huge, especially when you compare it to the kid. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that's got to be like three feet long. I mean, right. it probably is as as wide as the that Barbie house are pretty yeah. close. Not yeah. as tall, but it's definitely huge. So the next page just has some sports equipment stuff, and then uh, on page four forty six, we <laughs> have what everyone I everyone had to have this the at least one of these yeah. right the electronic handheld games. I had the Mattel's <laughs> football one. Yeah, we had a football one too. It's like. You're just literally a dot on a screen, right. and somehow you're playing football. It's like, and I mean, I, this this is just the thing at the time. Like, yeah. Coleco and Mattel had. And I will say we did have the, we went all out on this one, the Coleco head-to-head baseball one. Oh, man, yeah, that was yeah, the. Yeah, that was a splurge. We had that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had the electronic quarterback one. Nice. That's the one we had, that one down there at the bottom right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. These next ones on the next page, we didn't have any of these, but these look no. like awesome cosplay things for if you were dressed up as some imperial, imperial. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, like a TIE fighter or somebody just right. something you put it on, on your, your chest belt. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You put it on the side thing. Right. Um, now on the next page there, uh, page 448, uh, definitely mm. played Battleship, except I did not have electronic Battleship. Um, man, cool. And then I did have Merlin the electronic wizard. Yeah, I was just looking at it. What it, what was that thing? So I think it was something like you had to figure out the pattern. Yeah, I'm gonna look and at the description. And I feel like sometimes it would be like Simon, where you had to follow the pattern. Yeah, it was like it's, it says it's like different games, like tic tac toe, echo, blackjack, magic yeah. square. But but it would also do things. I think what you're saying is right. Like yeah, oh yeah. I just remember the, I remember the texture of it. Happened to yes. stick my finger into that square. Yes. And, you, and you, it looked, and yeah. like I said, you could play music. It says you can compose a tune up to 48 notes. I remember that. Oh, so, weird. Yeah, I had that. Then on the next page, there is uh, a Simon type game. Yeah, classic looking Simon thing. Yeah. yeah, except this one looks a bit more intense because Simon, I only remember having well, like four buttons. Yeah, it had like five, five. Four, five, yeah. Yeah, and this is, this is probably pre Simon. Yeah. Um, that looks got, heavy duty. 
Yeah. Then uh, there's uh, some more games. Oh, I do remember having this uh, on page 450, mm-hmm. number seven, the strolling bowling. Uh, I remember that, too. <laughs> you'd set up the little pins, and you'd wind yeah. up. The, it's a bowling ball that had little feet, <laughs> and, the, and then you'd wind it up, and it would hop towards the pins uh, and yeah. knock it down. So I remember that thing. That was pretty awesome. So, uh, And then... Hey, Robert, here comes my theory coming up again. Page 451. <laughs> Got Hungry, Hungry Hippos, number seven. There's an orange one. There's an orange one. That's right the soul, soul Stone right there. Soul Stone right there is going to be inside the Hungry, Hungry Hippo with the marbles. <laughs> um, I don't remember any of these other games. I just no, remember that one. I don't. I, I do remember that one. But that, Oh, and then uh, on page 452, if you did not have a light bright as a kid, you were a deprived yeah. child. Light brights, ex- etch a sketches. Yeah, I remember oh, these things. And then, oh my gosh, the uh, mighty, yes. mighty men and monster makers. Yes, I All loved right. that thing. And so I got a, I got an interesting story about this. So okay. there was a guy who ran a, a St. Louis convention. Uh-huh. That uh, he had me down as guest a few times. I did a lot of artwork for the show. Yeah, and then he had a running thing for commissions where. Uh, he would have an artist, he would bring hit this set, this exact set yeah. to the artist alley table and say, okay, first I want you to make your mix and match monster. Yeah. So you would go through the process of laying down these plates that had raised surfaces and you could give it a mummy head and a, like a creature of the black lagoon midsection and a Frankenstein lower body or whatever, you know, you're mixing and matching different tiles. Right. And then you put a piece of paper over it and you just do a rubbing, like where you rub right. a crown or something over yeah. it. And then you create your own monster. So you would do that, and then he would have you do a commission of whatever monster you put together. So you would do like a quick 9 by 12 sketch of this character that you just created. Yeah. And uh, so he'd been doing this for years. And he handed it over to me to do it. I was like, oh, my gosh, because my oldest brother, I think Thomas, had this. Yeah. And it was one of my first memories of, like, feeling like I drew something. Yeah. You know, because you're not really drawing, you're just creating a rubbing, but you had to pick and choose, so there's some creativity involved. I remember right. we're doing the rubbing and being like, whoa, I drew this. Yeah. And then so that was like one of my very first memories of that kind of a thing. And I was telling this guy about it, and then maybe about a year or two later, I was down there for the show. He's like, well, I think I've gotten all the commissions I want out of this, and he just gave it to me. Because he's like, you oh, seem to really like it. So he gave it to me. So I still got it like in my closet. And that is That was one of my favorite things as a kid. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I think that's what got me into wanting to learn how to draw. Yeah. Because I no, love could, these yeah. cool things. And I was like, oh, these are cool. And then you'd color them in and everything else. And um, and I love doing all the different combinations. I went through so much paper creating different monsters. And then, <laughs> I would, and then I would, this should not shock you at all. I would then create stories about what this creature oh, yeah. was and stuff like that. I just looked online on eBay because I just wanted to see, like, what is something like this going for? Um, somebody had, like, nobody has, like, a complete set. Yeah. Um, but someone has one for 20 bucks plus almost $10 in shipping. Um, but it looks almost complete and it cracks me up because they also have, I don't know if they were doing it for scale or if it's actually attached to this thing, but there's a little, you know, on the G.I. Joe file cards or on the back of a, of, of the cards, uh-huh. they would have all the little pictures of the little characters. Um, you know, like yeah. there'd be like shipwreck and snake eyes and stuff like that. It would show you all the different characters and it was always that artistic picture of them. Yeah. Well, someone, this guy must have cut out the one of shipwreck and put it into the <laughs> sketch area 
And like I said, I don't know if they were doing it for scale or if that's actually. I get maybe. Um, I don't know, but that's a weird thing to reference. Like, hey, it's it to give you an idea of the scale of this. Here's this little thing that only shipwreck. But he has five of the head plates, four of the leg plates, and or maybe more than four. So he's got eight of the leg plates and seven of the body plates. And I remember there was mm. a different pattern on each side. Yeah, you could flip it. And so right. there's a ton of combinations. Yeah. Yeah. So he has most of it. It says it's not complete, but he has most of it. I'm like, I might need to get this. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, and, and there's people just selling the plates too. So I'm like, I might need to look to see which plate he doesn't have and just see if I can find those loose. But, uh, yeah, it was fun to play with it again. Like oh, that totally God. brought back memory. I didn't, and when we, I was looking at this catalog earlier, I did not see that in there. Uh, and man, that brings so many memories back. Um, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite toys as a kid. Um, so then we got some Play-Doh on the next page. Yeah, just some like art sets and stuff. But I remember yeah. some of these types of things, but yeah. nothing that's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, and then so this NFL Super Bowl. Yes. On uh, 454, it was oh, like this weird God. electric football thing. Yes. And, and only people from our generation are going to ever understand no, this. No, jeez. It, it makes no sense. You had you had little football figures that you put on this metal board that looked like a football field, and you yeah. plug it in, and it would just vibrate the board. <laughs> right. And so figures would just kind of go aimlessly all over the place. And, and, somehow, you were, and... Yeah, somehow you were supposed to, like, win. Right. But like, they barely moved, and whenever they did move, like there was no, absolutely no direction. There was no way to really, yeah, uh, that I remember, like fine tune no. would how they would go. But I remember my aunt gave this to us, and nobody in my family even liked football. So yeah. we're like, why are you giving this to us? And I remember turning it on, and we played for it like for like five minutes, Christmas Day, and we're like lame. And then like <laughs> I never played with it again. Yeah. Oh, I totally remember that. Um, so I didn't have much else until like page 467, which is way. Yeah, it's weird. like it's like control cars. There's right. like fire, right. uh, Smokey and the Bandit type Transams yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. And and we didn't have any of that sets. stuff. I did have a train set growing up, but none of the ones here. Um, Ooh, yeah, I remember that. And they had a, such a distinct smell, didn't they? Like yeah. the electric train sets yep. that was like metal and electricity. Like yep. something was burning, but it wasn't you know? right. But on 467, I did have the um, num- uh, it's number three, which is the Jeep CJ uh, Snake Track. Whoa! Which was that looks crazy. One of those little race tracks where uh, the the cars are uh, have a little uh, like metal thing that goes down into the track and it uh-huh. sends electricity through it, so this way the car would be motorized and go around and. You control it by squeezing the trigger. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and, I remember playing with these. Yeah, and uh, this track had glow-in-the-dark pieces. and then oh, it, That's crazy. And then it had this one snake track piece that you could bend any different way, and the, and the cars would still be able to follow it along and everything else. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's totally memorable. I, yeah. I never saw anything like this, but that looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, I remember having that. My dad and I would uh, – this was – and the cool thing, memory with it, my dad and I would race each other with it. <laughs> so like Christmas morning, it was just him and me racing our cars. And of course I initially went too fast and he was really good at it because of course he grew up. You, you can know, take the corners doing yeah, it and all that. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was just like flying off the, the just edge smashing the, the trigger down and right. like, <laughs> right. Um, to, and then to refer to something really 
creepy weird was page 470, the headlight kit, which what? Was, which was a skull. I don't that, remember that at all. That I don't either. I just saw it and I was like, what the <laughs> hell is that? It's like a flashlight, but a skull that you put your hand up through the back of the skull. Right. And then pull the trigger and it shines lights out of the eye sockets. So freaky weird. <laughs> like, no thank you. Yeah, only in the 80s. It was weird. So, so that, I, mean, I don't really have anything else. Man, uh, crazy. Yeah, everything else is kind of like electronics and yeah. baseball cards. Oh, I do and... see the speak and spell. We had, we had one of those. That was the, that was creepy too, cause you type in a word and it'd be like, cat. <laughs> oh yeah, I just came across that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I'm looking to see what else, if there's anything. So again, just flipping through this, just seeing the way that people are dressed and oh like hairstyles God. and so it's just 80s. fun to look at. It's just everything about it is so 1980s. Oh, uh, my preschool had, uh, on page 493, the toss across, which is you tried to play tic tac toe by tossing bean bags. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember that. I, I, def- I remember also that. like that Spider Man and the Superman, like, uh, oh, Velcro yeah. targets. I remember those, especially yeah. the Superman one. That I remember one those. Out. What is this electronic battle command of Star Wars? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it makes no sense. No. It's probably like like it's like the old handheld uh, <laughs> football games for nerds. Yeah. Well, and then here's <laughs> the, yeah right. <laughs> and then I didn't. I don't remember having this, but this scan, strike, and score. I remember having those that orange and blue gun that shot those oh. little suction cup yeah, darts. Yeah, like suction cup darts. But I don't remember having the little set there that you. That's shoot cool. At. That's a cool looking set, man. Yeah. Like little targets and stuff. That, yeah. That'd be fun. That's pretty awesome. And then, like in the next page, you know, like they still make these. You know, like the little ride-in oh, cars yeah. and vehicles and stuff like that. Like yeah. that was something I was always jealous my friends had. Man. Yeah, they make it seem like that was a new technology these days i'm like no we had that as kids. that's been around it's man been around like, for a long time and you get into like page 497 you have huge lego sets that aren't in color yeah like, would, that's weird yeah i think those were like older sets that you could yeah. still that you could still order if you wanted them so maybe those oh, were okay the previous yeah. year at least that's how i interpreted it like yeah um 499s like pinball machines and yeah pool tables air hockey air tables hockey, yeah I didn't have any of that, but I wasn't really old enough to really yeah, enjoy yeah. those. Um, yeah, not not really anything else I see here. So, oh wait, well, I got something that I definitely had as a kid. What? Page five oh seven had the Big Bird chair. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I had the Big Bird chair, and I think we had the Cookie Monster chair too. So, <laughs> I definitely remember the Big Bird chair. That, yeah. that is a definite staple. Oh, there we go. 510 is like Lego sets. Five, oh, yeah. Starting on 510. Okay. There's a couple pages of Lego. Yeah. Man, those, then, they had some intense uh, Legos even back then. Page 515 has that classic red car that you'd get in with the yellow top. Oh, yeah. That was it. That was all over the place. Five, 517 is big wheels, like super hot big wheels, whatever they yeah. call them. Oh, I love big wheels. Those things. I go, I'm looking back, uh, on, well, with the Lego sets, uh, they had on page 511, they had some of the space ones, and that's where, if you ever saw the Lego movie, the little, uh, what was, oh, his, yeah. what was his name, uh, the guy that wanted know, to keep yeah. making, kept wanting to make spaceship, spaceship. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's where this character that character came from was these sets, these space sets from. Back oh then. yeah, dude. Because I had yeah, that. that's a, I, I I never knew what he was talking about. I was like, I just assumed, but yeah, they're totally referencing that. Yeah, and I had that little spaceman when I was a kid, like the original one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was skipping ahead and like um, page. 523. Yeah. I remember those cassette books oh, that would come yeah. in like a, a closed up book and had like six to nine sets or, you know, tapes or whatever. Yep. You'd play them and it'd read you the books. And, and did anyone not have Mickey Mouse Disco LP? <laughs> <laughs> I had it. <laughs> um, and then, oh yeah, they had this, they had, like you said, the cassettes, they have uh, Star Wars and Black Hole, which I love the Black Hole movie. Like, I still love it. It probably doesn't <laughs> hold up that well, but I still love it. Like, I saw it maybe a few years ago, and I was like, it, this is still an enjoyable movie. Um, it was trying to be Star Wars. It was like Disney's version of Star Wars, but yeah, yeah. And now now Disney owns Star Wars, so that doesn't. <laughs> um, and then, oh, look at the next page, 524, Sesame Street Fever. I had that record <laughs> with, with uh, Grover dressed like John Travolta on a dance floor. <laughs> oh, here on... Don't um, judge me. <laughs> on 527 is um like oh, sleds, sleds and toboggans and stuff. Yeah. New, in the bottom left, did you ever remember seeing that black? Yes. Like you ride on it like a snowmobile? I, I remember other kids it. had it and I was yeah. crazy jealous of that. Yeah, I didn't have it either, but I... I, I don't know if it... Remember. I doubt it went any faster, but it looked like it sure did. Oh, yeah. It, or it that just it like, of, of like sitting and riding on it. Instead of like, no, man, or something. Yeah. Just seemed like it was way more comfortable. <laughs> so I think that's everything. You got roller skates. I, yeah, 537. I just hit those two. Yeah. I mean, um, it's just a catalog, so it's got like literally everything in it. I think yeah. we hit the bulk of the toy pages. I do so. remember the Sesame Street talking alarm clocks. I didn't have it, but, have them, <laughs> but I, I do remember those. Yeah. Um, you got watches and everything else. Oh, man. Oh. Atari, page 555 is Atari. Oh, well, see, I'm at five, page 543. You have the Star Wars watches and the Star Wars alarm clock, which oh, had R2-D2 yeah. and C-3PO. Like, oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. I, that is awesome. Uh, so where was the oh, five? 555 is like the whole Atari page. Oh, uh, okay. Let me see. Let me go there. Because I definitely had Atari. So I had all of the cartridges there. It's got oh yeah, Home Run, Breakout, wow. Space Invaders, yeah. uh, Air Sea Battle, Street Racer, Night Diver, Video Olympics, Football, Bowling, Circus. Oh man, this, oh, that's wow, sad. yeah, I definitely played the hell out of these things. <laughs> There's 145 bucks in 1980. Yeah. yeah. Dang. That'd be about what it costs now for a video game system. I know. It's it's interesting. I mean. The, yeah, I mean, with this first I mean, coming out, though, with inflation and stuff like that, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you're talking cool. like PS4s and stuff like that are like what four hundred dollars right now. Yeah, but I remember when like Nintendos were first coming out. You know, they were a hundred bucks. Like they were a hundred something. Uh, I feel like they were a bit more than that. Were they one fifty? Yeah, one fifty, two hundred, somewhere around there, I think. Because I feel like my sister and I got a Nintendo for Christmas one year, and like that was the gift. <laughs> like yeah, we got, yeah. we, you know, you got a game or two with it, but that was it. Um, but Atari, I, yeah, I, like they like said, one hundred forty four ninety five back then, and you were saving twenty bucks, which today would be like, oh, saving twenty bucks. But back then, saving twenty bucks was a lot. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, one hundred forty four ninety five. That was a lot of money. Like that would be like buying something for probably like three hundred dollars today. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was a big investment, but I remember having it. And and again, like we talked about stuff that was built back then. That Atari system, you could take it, kill a person if you had to, <laughs> and then sit right back down and start playing again. Like it was, it was a brick, man. It was. It was like a thirty-pound brick. And those switches would not break. Like those switches. No, but were the, made of metal. the switches were like that heavy duty. Made you feel like you're in a spaceship, kind of yeah. thing. You know, it was like clunk, and it turns it on. Right. It was like, it was amazing. Oh man. So. Well, that's cool. I think that's. Uh, I think that's about everything that I would want to talk about. I'm glad you noticed the Atari, though. That was awesome. Um, yeah, dude. That's cool. Oh, uh, one last thing though. Mm-hmm. You wanted to make your own home movies back in the day. Page five sixty six. That is a classic piece of equipment right there. Yeah, that was handheld, that was before my time. Yeah. Handheld camcorder. Yep. It would record VHS. So whoa, yeah. yeah. So you know it was quality right there. Well, that was like cutting edge at the time. Right. And uh, they don't show you a price, which probably tells you how much it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, if you want to know, you got to call us. Like, oh, my God. So uh, there is a seven-day seven day programmable video recorder with six-hour recording capability, now only $887. Oh, snap. That was like... Close to the price of a car back then. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you can get a car for that. You can get a yeah. car for that. Yeah. Now. Oh, you can get a car for that now. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I don't know if you want to drive it, but um, <laughs> but like that eight hundred eighty-seven dollars. That was big money back then. Like big. I mean, that's big money now. But yeah, that yeah. was big money. Like you weren't going to be paying your mortgage for the next three months. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was definitely high end stuff. Yeah, so that, that's like people who were bankers or worked at Radio Shack. Like right. that was it. Exactly. Those are the only people who had those. Exactly. So, all right, man. Well, that that was awesome. Uh, I love doing that. We're, we're definitely gonna have to make this a series going forward. Yeah, no joy. I mean, it's just so nostalgic. Like, even if you don't, if whatever, if you're still listening to this, like, good grief. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean, like. Uh, I don't know. We can put it out there when we post it on Facebook. Like, if you, even if you don't listen to the episode, like, you should go back and check some of these out. You gotta go back is, to the wish book, yeah. It is so nostalgic. It's so fun to look at this stuff. Well, and I'll have the link for the website, uh, on, under the show notes for the episode so people can access it that way. And I'll also have it, I'll put it in the comments section when I post the actual episode, uh, on Facebook and, uh, yeah. on the group page and the fan page and stuff. So this way people can access it there too. Um, but yeah, it's just awesome to go through that stuff. And I would definitely like, I know it's a little late to say it now, but I would definitely, if you're listening to this episode, I would definitely like follow along because then you'll know exactly what we were talking about. And yeah, it's definitely worth doing that. Yeah. So, um, and I, what I'd love to hear from people is like, what did you have as a kid or what do you remember like having? Cause like maybe you were like Robert where you were old enough to have gotten some of this stuff, but you saw it later in your life and everything, mm-hmm. you know, cause it was passed down or whatever. Um, or it was just in your house for that long. Um, I obviously remember a lot of this stuff new because I, like I said, I was five years old. I was the perfect age for a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. um, so it's very nostalgic for me. Like I just, I, and I, obviously that's what this whole show is about is nostalgia. So, um, like it, this was a great idea. 
uh, to do. Uh, so many memories. And even like I said, even though I looked at stuff earlier, all of a sudden we were looking through stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Oh, my God, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I know. just It's something that doesn't jump right out. Like, obviously, when we get to 83, well, especially 84, probably the, the 84 catalog has yeah. most of the G.I. Joe stuff. Like, 83 might... 83 definitely had a lot. I looked at 83 real briefly and it had stuff like gung ho in it and things like that. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but those, I mean, once we get there, obviously, that's, those are going to be chock full of pretty cool yeah. stuff in the late 80s stuff, especially. But I was surprised at how many little things from 80 yeah. I still remembered that was kind of, yeah. you know, still around. So, for sure. uh, for it's sure. fun. It's, it's definitely worth going back and flipping through that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I'm going to, I, I might have to buy that monster maker. <laughs> Um, no, you don't know how much I loved that thing as a kid. <laughs> and I would, yeah. and the second I would get one now, I would, I would right away, my wife would turn to me and be like, what are you doing? I'm making monsters. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause it had that crayon, that rubbing crayon thing. You just like, yeah, it, it had a tool that you would hold the crayon. You'd take all the wrapping off the crayon yeah. and you, and then you clip it into the tool and you just rub it. And I like that it had like the lever, like it cl- clamped down the piece of paper. Yes. It was just like, it was just really interactive. It was fun. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Robert, uh, do you have any projects coming up that you're able to disclose or talk about or? Yeah, you know, it's been crazy. I've been really off the grid the last few months just because, um, you know, when I, when I, when I can't talk about the stuff I'm working with, I'm, you know, and I, my days are full of, drawing those projects i'm like what am i here to talk about you right. know, i don't really have how much to go over but so i'm doing i can finally talk about some of it i'm doing artwork for um for for some role-playing games through palladium books uh anybody who played role-playing games in the late 80s and 90s there's a a, a series of books called rifts oh, okay. r-i-f-t-s and uh and the guy who owned that company is like still chugging away putting out books i met him when i was at gen con uh this summer and went to a gaming convention and just had a blast. Like I was just curious, like kind of getting into another industry, just kind of dipping my toe in it and kind of seeing what work is available, but also just being able to draw something different just as a nice fun change of pace. And, and I've gotten some role playing game work since then. That's been fun to do. So I'm working. That's what I've been working on as we've been talking was, uh, it's this huge cover piece. That's like, cyborg military cyborgs fighting off these alien cyborgs i'm like this is fun nice <laughs> just cool stuff that is cool and um so that's so that's gonna be busy i'm doing uh, i'm doing a lot of covers for zenoscope and it was interesting they approached me a couple of years ago to do covers for them and i was like look i'm happy to do covers because generally they pay pretty good especially for covers yeah but um Exactly like, your, uh... <laughs> but I'm like, look, it, I'm not going to draw any pinup girls. Like, like, that's just not my thing. Right. One, I don't feel comfortable with it, but it's not, I might as well draw something that like I'm excited about, but also that I think I'm, I'm better at, you know, yeah. I was like, there's people out there that are happy doing that and they're way better at it than me. Go talk to them. You know? Right. I was like, but if you've got any covers that aren't that, right. you know, uh, like, like, you know, just kind of cheesecake, uh, you know, good girl pinup stuff. Yeah, as I say, there, it's not that you're opposed to drawing women like in awesome action shots and things like that. It's just you don't need the ones where they're accentuating certain aspects. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was that was very uh, diplomatically put. No, yeah. I think it's I think it's just anything that's just kind of gratuitous for the sake of being that. Yeah. Like I just don't have any interest in it. Yeah. And uh, anyway, at any rate, so the, surprisingly, I mean, 
they kind of get they get this rap for that being the kind of company they are because I mean to be honest that's the majority of the covers they put sure. out. But and they made a name for themselves like ten years ago doing that exclusively. Yeah. But they've you know they've had a change in in editorial in the last two or three years they've been doing lots of other types of titles, and and they've kept me busy like I've done you know at least a cover a month for them almost you know for the last two years. Well, and I and I really liked the uh, what was it the Evil Heroes story that they did. Yeah, that was really I mean, good. They and... definitely like like Zenoscope. They definitely are just riffing off of other people's ideas. Sure. sure. And I, I don't think they're, they're unapologetically doing it. Like, yeah. they're not ashamed of it. Right. And, but that doesn't mean they're not, that they're not good stories. Like, yeah. they could still be perfectly good stories. Yeah, it was a good story. And then I also picked up, uh, it was a 12 issue series. It was called Spirit Hunters, which, yeah. was, which was like, uh, kind of a supernatural Ghostbusters type thing. And, that was really good, and it's creepy and stuff like that, which I was hoping for. Yeah, that was doing yeah, really well. You know, so I've so I've been doing covers for them. I've got yeah. they have a new title called Three Musketeers, which is kind of like a modern version of the Three Musketeers characters, and they're all like bank robbers. So you kind oh, of okay. expect them to be the good guys, but uh, so the, nice. these characters are kind of anti-heroes, you know, kind of right down the middle of you know. You got to kind of decide what side they're on, kind of thing. So, but it's cool action adventure. I like the designs. It's like a mix between like a modern Assassin's Creed, you know, uh, look to it. So, uh, so it's just cool action adventure, you know, type characters doing stuff. So I'm doing those covers. Um, and then I am working on, um, uh, a comic for a guy who's a, a writer. And, um, so the book is called Shattered Aim. Okay. And it's probably going to be anywhere between like a 12 and 18 issue run, or we'll break it up into three, you know, anywhere from three to four trade paperbacks. Gotcha. So we're kind of in it for the long haul. We're going to, um, we've already got like all the characters designed and established. I just posted those on my Facebook page. So if you want to see like some of the, I haven't got, I haven't jumped into interiors yet. I'm getting the script this week for that, but that's as they move down to SCAD and, and I'm going to be teaching. This is the book that I'll be drawing on the side. It's basically, it's set in the 80s, uh, during the Cold War, and it's like a spy espionage story set in the 80s. So it's very, uh, kind of a mix between G.I. Joe and James Bond and, yeah. and, uh, stuff. So it's, so it should, it's be a lot of fun to draw. The fun, one of the funnest things to draw is that I'm drawing like Miami Vice hair. Oh. And like, like I'm drawing them to look, everybody to look like their, their fashion. I've been looking up 80s fashion. And I'm drawing like this yuppie guy with like a polo that has a, an elastic nice. band on the bottom of it. Nice. Like, you know, just like the, just the totally, I should, I should be looking up these JCPenney catalogs. Right. That's, oh my, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> For some 80s reference. But anyway, so that's been a lot of fun. So it's like action adventure, but it's, it's totally set in the 80s, which I love. So it's nice. been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Anyway, so that's that's really kept me busy. I've been really trying to crank out everything I can before we move, but that's what's going on. Awesome, man. Um, so how can people find you? How can they find your work and stuff? Well, I do still have a blog that I uh, update occasionally. I know people aren't like that's not the fashionable thing to do is keep up a blog, but basically, I uh, I post on my Facebook page or my Robert Atkins Art Facebook page is the best way to see what I'm up to. And uh, I, I post on Instagram. Again, it's just Robert Atkins art. So that's probably the best way. Nice. 
Uh, well, you can find us at uh, StarJoes.com. Uh, where we have a Facebook page, uh, both a, a group page where as soon as you ask to join it, I will approve it and uh, be part of the community. I'm loving the community that we have there. You guys keep adding awesome stuff. Um, and then there's the fan page, which I update when new episodes come out, and occasionally I'll put some news items and, and whatnot. Uh, I have also found, um, which this was awesome, I, there's an Instagram for Star Joes. And on the Instagram, I you can link it to Twitter, uh, which we have Star Joes, which is at Star Joes Podcast. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram. On Instagram, what I do is I post comic reviews, which is just anything I'm reading right then. It could be Star Joe's related. It could not be Star Joe's related, but it gives you some insight as to what I'm reading. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say my favorite comic right now, bar none, is the new Captain America, uh, which is Mark Wade and Chris Somney. It is the best Captain America I've ever read. And I, it, there are two issues into it so far, but, man, it's amazing. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah. So... So I'm reading some awesome stuff, uh, but I post pretty much, not always everything I'm reading, because sometimes I'll read like five, six issues. I'm like, I don't have it in me to write, to write out five or six <laughs> reviews. Yeah. Um, but most of the stuff lately, I've been posting every review or every comic. I'll read it and then I'll post a review. And the mm-hmm. great thing is, is that if you follow us on Twitter or you follow us on the fan page, uh, of Star Joe's on Facebook, um, the, I found that the uh, Instagram will post to Twitter, but I also found it will post to a fan page because at first I thought for Facebook it would just post to my Facebook page. And I didn't oh yeah, that. yeah, but it, it will because I do that with my Robert Atkins art too. Okay, so awesome, great. Yeah, so now it's been able to bring in some of the Facebook people to comment underneath like stuff I read, which I love because that's the thing I love most about it. That's what I want is. Yeah, I'm giving you what I thought about the issue, but I want to hear what other people thought about the issue too. Yeah, just create a dialogue. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's been really cool. And I always take a picture of the cover of what I'm reading, and it's my actual cover. Like I literally lay it on a table somewhere, and I take a picture of it. So <laughs> it is my comic that I'm reading. Um, and so that's been awesome. Uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, thank you very much for all the support. I'm getting more videos out more regularly now, which is awesome. Um, and I really, really, uh, love that. Uh, I'm getting better at it, I think. And not only am I getting better at it, I'm getting better at the editing side of it, which means I'm getting episodes out faster. So when I record something, it's not taking me two hours to edit and get it out anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I can record something and get it out probably within an hour. Um, which is really good. So yeah, yeah, that's like with adding pictures and videos and everything else. So, um, so I'm having a lot of fun because just like I did with the podcast, I'm finding creative things I can do with video now that I'm like, well, let me try this and see what that does. And it's like, it's kind of cool. So like when I did my video review of the star Wars trailer, I was able to pull video from the actual trailer and, insert it into where I was talking about certain things and slow up the speed of some things. So this way you could see some of the creatures and everything else. So I, I, it's been a really cool experience. Um, there's also the Patreon account out there, which for as low as $3 a month, you can access all of the star Joe's material plus extra material. I've been getting out about 
at least one to two episodes every month out that's exclusive to Patreon. I'm usually doing the uh, previews in a half shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going through the previews catalog. I'm getting caught up on that. By the time you hear this episode, I will have been caught up to everything except for the December catalog. So the catalog that came out in December. But by the end of December, it, that'll be completely caught up. Uh, in fact, what's going to happen is episode 199, which is right after this one, is going to be our Road to Baltimore episode, which is very right. short. So what I decided to do is I'm going to also put the previews in a half shell in episode 199 so you guys can hear, again, me cover a catalog. And you can hear how I do it now on the Patreon, because what I do is I don't just talk about what's coming out. I also talk about stuff I'm currently reading and my thoughts on them and everything else. Um, so they're nice, big episodes. And I especially wanted to do the December one as a as a regular episode and put it out there with 199 because... Uh, Shannon's new book is coming out in the December previews catalog, which is the right. uh, $6 million man uh, G.I. Joe. And I want to support that book because I want to show IDW that we do support a G.I. Joe title um, that we enjoy and look forward mm-hmm. to. So so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that for everybody. Um, I actually did my first um, coverage of Hal Jordan on Patreon, which oh, is yeah. the Green Lantern. It's uh, the series, I'm calling it The Fall and Rise of Hal Jordan. So I started with Emerald Twilight, and I did the first issue of Emerald Twilight, which was, un- there was so much material in that first issue <laughs> uh, that it made its own episode. So yeah. um, I'll probably have the second part of that in January. Um, and uh, I'm going to continue from Emerald Twilight and then hit some of the highlights of, of Hal Jordan's career, of, of his downfall. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, and then it goes into rebirth where he start, he comes back. So, um, there's a lot of material to cover. So, um, so that's been awesome. And I got a lot of good feedback from the patrons there, but like I said, it's $3 a month, which is very little <laughs> and, yeah. and you can access all the extra material. Um, and you can access all the regular material there too, because everything I do gets posted on the Patreon account. So all the videos I do gets posted posted on there all the regular star joe's episodes are posted on there so you can it's like a one-stop shop for everything um uh if like i said if you sign up uh for that uh speaking of the patrons uh i you know we do have three people that are at the sponsorship level uh so i do like to mention their names jonathan morgantini he's the one that's putting together the um uh uh the gi joe role-playing game uh, he's trying to get together. He's he, he did have one other person reach out to me just recently. I hope he got in touch with Jonathan. If you need to get in touch with Jonathan, you're interested in doing the role playing game with him for GI Joe, uh, just contact me through Star Joe somehow, and I'll get you his email address so you can contact him. Uh, Matt Anderson doesn't have anything to promote, but he likes to support <laughs> at the sponsorship level, so I always mention his name. He's always like, "Well, thanks for mentioning my name again." He's like, I wish, I hope one day to have something to tell you to promote for me. And I was like, okay, no problem. Uh, and then we have <laughs> Ben per, uh, Penserga, who does the uh, Meal in a Movie uh, podcast. It's, uh, I don't know if he's on iTunes just yet. Uh, I hope he's been able to figure that out. But I know that uh, I do put his, I'll put his link again in this episode's show notes. This way you guys can find his show. Uh, it is very entertaining. It's very short. You know, the, he does like maybe at the most like a half hour episode. 
Uh, but he'll, him and his buddy will, uh, go see a movie and then they'll, they'll have a meal and review the movie while they're having their meal. So, uh, cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So that I think is everything. We do have Star Joe's merchandise, uh, available t-shirts, coffee mugs, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that type of stuff. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I'm actually looking at potential new ideas, uh, for other shirts. So stay tuned for that. I have a couple ideas in mind that I'm going to be talking over with my wife, uh, to see if her and I can collaborate together and do some cool things for you guys. So that should come out in the new year. Um, and, uh, last but not least, uh, again, this episode's coming out right before Christmas. So I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Robert, I hope your move goes well. I hope you and your family <laughs> have an awesome last Christmas in your current place. And, um, you know, to the co-hosts that couldn't be here as much as you guys suck for not showing up, uh, <laughs> I hope I hope John is safe with yes. his uh, blizzard, and I hope uh, Travis can sleep it off. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, there, uh, you guys will hear Chuck in the next episode, in the episode, and then in episode two hundred as well. Um, and in the new oh. year, him and I are going to get together and do some episodes again. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, so I I am very excited for the new year. Uh, we're going into our ninth year in January. So, uh, it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, never thought it would last this long, but, uh, I'm very blessed, uh, with, with having you guys, uh, like you, Robert, Shannon, John, Chuck, having done the shows with me all these years. And, um, yeah, it's just been awesome. And the fandom out there has been so supportive and amazing. So I am, uh, this show's been way beyond anything I could expect. So uh, I'm very appreciative of this holiday season. So I hope everyone out there has a very Merry Christmas, has a very happy and safe New Year. And uh, with that, Robert, do you think you'll remember how to close? I think so. It's been okay. a while. Okay. So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. And happy Hanukkah. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One more time. Okay, okay. The force will be with you because... Knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to do something. Have a merry Festivus. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Merry Kwanzaa.